Welcome in to our friends across the Atlantic, um, over in Iceland. Believe it or not, we've gone international, friends. We've we've gone to the beautiful land of green and not ice. The the most classic prank in history. Um, and we are so excited to do this for the Morton Anderson Fantasy Football League. We are the Yards Per Fantasy crew, bringing you guys another uh, custom podcast, and this one's going to be fun. Um, this league, this league is hardcore. Not only are we super pumped that like we're doing this for a group of dudes in Iceland, like that's just badass in itself, but like. This league, holy shit, you guys, this is awesome. So, um, first of all, I'm Zach. Uh, I'm you can just everybody just calls me Schultzy in these parts, you know. And uh, over here, if you're watching, above me is Hunter. Uh, to the caddy corner is Alex, and to my left, um, yeah, that would be the left. You know, the the cameras in the reverse always messes me. That's that's my man Drew. Um, we're going to just go around and give you guys a few minutes on each team. Uh, and then afterwards just kind of have some general banter as a group, maybe about it. Um, after we get through every team, we're going to give you each like our one person we think is going to win. And then maybe like a, uh, like a sleeper team, a dark horse. And I guess with that, we're just going to kick it off and I'm going to go first and, Oh boy! So stupid Americans here. We're gonna butcher. We're gonna butcher these names. And I bet you that's you. You guys probably paid for that alone. Like, <laughs> hey, we don't really care what these guys have to say about our football teams. Let's just get some Americans to try and say these names. And I, I'd be down for that too if I was you. First off, Bogota Usos. That's what I'm rolling with because I hear um in some notes that. Where did it go? Here it is. This is the team that the league loves to hate and hates to love. Because of his banter, the league hates when he does well. And when he loses, he's called Lusos. So that's, I think I got the pronunciation there. But you know what? We're rolling with it. Ooh, man. And then he, they call him Lusos when he's got a winning record. I love this. Um, horrible season in 2019. Stepped it back up in 2020 and won. So he knows what it's like to have that glory. And last season, uh, had to win in the final regular season game to make the playoffs. Put his giant ball sack on the table when he sold his best players who were injured or on by to guarantee a victory. Sadly, he lost by 1.3 and ended in a toilet bowl. That sounds like Lusos, am I right? Anyways... We, I my first question here is I got your roster. The people are tra- are dying to know. Did you auto draft? And if you didn't, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for you because we got no quarterbacks and we got no tight ends. But there's a but. There's always a but. We're just gonna go to running back because I obviously can't talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> um, and you got. Christian McCaffrey. So wham, bam. Thank you, man. Because the Niners offense is going to roll again. They're going to score a bajillion points. He's going to score a bajillion touchdowns. You already saw it. Um, There was like talk. Do you guys remember when he first got traded and people were, um, there was like a legit debate about 
if if the Niners were going to give CMC the work like he deserves and like what he saw, like that was just a silly debate to me. And uh, Shani also agreed because he ran the wheels off of McCaffrey when he could. And I don't see any reason he won't this year. Um, especially with how creative they are. And now you get that talent, another off season to learn, which is not like he super needs it, but it helps CMC to the moon forever. And always, um, Ramondre love, love, love Ramondre this year. I'm not too concerned about Zeke coming into town. I, he didn't sign until what, like the last week of camp or after the preseason started, whatever. I don't know. But like, if you have plans for a guy to be like legitimately impactful in your team, you would have not waited till then to bring him in. So no concern about Ramondre. They just, they, they showed last year that he's a three down back. He can, he can run early down. He can take the passing load. He can block. This dude's just a, the whole package as a football player. And I expect his usage to be pretty awesome again. They just sold their whole freaking running back room, either by trade or to waivers. So it's, yeah, he's going to have the opportunities again. The only, only, only concern for me would be like a, a tick down and some touchdown upside because of Zeke, but like, whatever. I don't really think it's that bad. You also got Rashad White. Um, very polarizing dude and he depends where you draft him to me to be honest because early in the offseason he was getting some super hype and like in best ball drafts people were drafting him way 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 high but I think he's kind of settled down to where his value is probably fair Um, a lot of people love the receiving upside here which I do agree that there is receiving upside. He caught a good amount of passes as a rookie and has shown that he can. I just don't see the offense funneling targets to running backs the way that Tom Brady specifically funneled them to his guys, um, especially in like four minute, two minute offenses. Like Brady would just dump it to those to Lenny specifically, like instantly all the time. So there will be receiving work. I just don't think it's going to be as like, I don't know, as quite the magnitude as some people think. But once again, good val. I think he's fine for where he's being drafted. And around your running back room is Jalen Warren, a guy I love, super, super um, efficient running back. He just hasn't gotten his time, but I think he's going to earn a little more playing time this year. And Najee is also a dude who has shown that my cat's knocking crap over. Tumble. <laughs> um, wow, she, she just threw me off there. Jalen Warren. Okay. If there's a, like Najee's been banged up before and it's in a pretty good offense. The Steelers are always just a good team. They, they do run the ball a good amount. Warren has stepped right in and been that dude and been fine. So. Yeah, I like him, especially as a bench guy here. And that's your last running back. So we'll just talk about receivers real quick. I freaking love this room. I just wrote heart, eyes, emoji. 
for your top five guys of Jalen Waddle, Christian Watson, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's your top five, which leaves you with Traylon Burks as a six, which even in like a redraft, like him as your six is wild. Um, so you're really deep here at wide receiver, really strong. Jalen Waddle, God, he is incredible. Like, he's one of the most electric players I've watched come just come in and just like for it to just translate instant, like his acceleration, explosiveness. He's just so much fun to watch. And he, I don't want to like this. None, none of this is to detriment Waddle as a player, but he gets a huge boost and won the scheme, but also a dude named Tyreek lining up on the other side. So fantasy wise, Jalen to the moon because this offense, as long as two is healthy, this offense is going to score with the best of them. Uh, number two, Christian Watson. Uh, I'm like, I waver on him, but I think I'm finally landed to where I'm in. Um, I wasn't like super in early in the off season, but I just trust LaFleur now that I'm like, I don't know, gotten through the process. You, I've read some about how like he LaFleur himself was hamstrung by Rogers because Rogers just wouldn't do what he didn't want to do. So like there were times where Rogers would just go out there and just call his own plays and I even care. Um, so LaFleur comes from that McVay tree that everybody loves and that has seen a ton of success. So, I mean, I, I think you give him a dude that athletic as Watson is. I mean, you already saw in glimpses last year. Uh, give him a whole, once again, another offseason. But LaFleur himself creating for this dude, I think, is going to be pretty electric. Deontay, target machine that he is not going anywhere. And he's going to score touchdowns. Like, you probably heard it a million times, but the, the touchdown luck for him or lack thereof like it's just not repeatable he's too good of a receiver he gets himself open he gets like 150 targets a year fire away and he's a flex for you that's badass um which brings me to Jahan Dotson a personal favorite of mine um he was one of my favorite players coming out last year I just I remember watching a Penn State game that I had bet on and he just like took it over and I just fell in love. Like it was the catch radius. It was the yards after the catch. I mean, just a ball player. He can make tough catches. He's a great route runner. I, he is the type of receiver who helps his quarterback and Sam Howell might be pretty good, but he also might not be. And I really, really love Dotson's game, especially how it'll help a quarterback. I expect him to get a ton of targets this year. I think he'll outproduce McLaurin. He saw a lot of red zone targets as a rookie um, and was successful in converting those into touchdowns. Love Jahan Dotson. JSN, I'm not super concerned about the injury. He's already practicing again. Um, Seahawks, I think, are going to score a lot of points. They were really good on offense last year, sneakily. And I think people are still sleeping on the offense. Like, Geno is still going to have that team rolling. I think 
for real football purposes, the dual running backs there, hopefully we'll keep them both fresh. Um, so yeah, I think the functionality of the Seahawks offense is just going to be really good still. So no concerns with JSN and Traylon, you got him as your number six, I said, which is incredible. My one concern here is he's been banged up a lot. Um, he's in a run first offense and he doesn't have like a great quarterback. However, there is a path here to where he is like a, a solid redraft player this year. I, I, it's just not, it's not a bank I'm putting my money in, but like the path is there. Um, you got Nico and Alan Lazard who are, are both once again, solid redraft options for this year, but you're going to have to cut up two of the bottom three receivers here, Traylon, Nico or Lazard. Um, you're going to have to cut two of them. That's just how it is. You got to fill out, for quarterback and tight end on the uh, waivers. And from there, you got the Bills defense, which should be solid with them getting um, Von Miller back. And they're just a good-ass team who's going to have leads and get into sack situations. And sacks are good for fantasy. And that about wraps up here. Uh, Anyone got anything on, on this team? I think if they can somehow pick up a decent quarterback and tight end, this team could be a contender. Or any quarterback at tight end. <laughs> yeah, right. I was I checking agree. that out with um, because I noticed a couple of my teams did not have defenses either. So just checking the waiver wires, there's some good quarterbacks available. Um, I saw Cousins was available, Anthony Richardson, wow. Deshaun Watson. I mean, you have your pick of the litter with quarterbacks who, who probably should have gotten drafted, but. And yeah, so, scanning I, scanning through the um, rosters really quickly on this other tab, a lot of people didn't take backups, which is great for you. So pause this podcast, um, go pick up a quarterback, steal your friend's phones, and throw them in that lake that I saw in the video so you can get your quarterback first. Yeah, or uh, I was going to say, the receivers, he has so many good receivers that, I mean, he could also package a couple of them for, well, how, how many teams even have a backup quarterback, I guess? What is it, like two, I don't, three? That may not even be worth it to trade then. Never mind. I was going to say he could trade a couple of them for a quarterback, but, yeah, probably Re- he's better off. Redraft trading there. is tough, too. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. there's just so many more teams fighting and, like, more teams viable to actually win. So it makes trading harder because the only like real instances where it makes sense is like, hey, I've got a bunch of receivers and you have a bunch of running backs. Let's swap one. You know, that's about like for me, the only real kind of scenarios that make sense in a redraft. Yeah. Yeah. Like Drew was saying, if you look at the the waiver wire, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Jared Goff, Kenny Pickett, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. You shouldn't have a problem. <clears throat> you should be able to pick up a quarterback. No problem. This team's going to be really good. Yeah, maybe, no, I mean, maybe he just Schultz played 40 chess. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe <laughs> yeah. he knew what he was doing. I mean, Schultz is a pretty decent starting tight end. He's on the waivers, too. Yep, yep. Gerald Everett. Yeah, there's some guys. Yep, Dulcich, Laporta, Jawan Johnson. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just get the 
you get the extra picks and then get to kind of wait out a little bit of time to see which of the guys maybe you want to drop. Yeah, that's the only thing that didn't really make sense is they drafted a few days before the season. Right. Yeah, if you had drafted a month ago and pulled this strategy, that would have been yeah. really smart. Um, so, yeah, who wants to go next? I can go take one of my teams. Uh, I guess just also if we're going on their league rosters, they're next up. But I've got the uh, Alftanis presidents. Uh, I'm sure, again, I butchered that. But, um, yeah, so it says in the notes that uh, Alexander's the team – uh, owner, they call him El Presidente, the president, the man that everyone loves and nobody hates. Total sweetheart who loves the Cardinals and Kyler Murray's, and of course, last year's reigning champion. Um, you know, I will say from a trash talk perspective, it's a little disappointing when someone like that wins because they're just too nice. You know, it's just like you can't really talk trash. It's it's more fun when someone wins that you can talk lots of trash to. But congrats either way on the championship. Um, you know, he's followed it up with a pretty strong team this year as well. You know, just, I guess we'll start at quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I know Zach, yep. Zach loves that pick for sure. Um, yeah, that's uh, a pretty good starting quarterback for sure. Definitely in the upper, like top eight or so and didn't draft a backup, which again, smart. You don't need to. Um, and also I'd like to say that I love that they do not have kickers in this league. I've been trying to get my league to do that forever, but they just are stuck on one have kickers. We have. Love there's no kickers and only four. The Morgan Anderson League doesn't have kickers. <laughs> yeah, that is a little right. Oh, snap. I actually just realized that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so um, disrespectful. Morton Anderson would not be proud. <laughs> well, other than that, I think it's still, it still would honor him. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback. No, I have to say much else there. Um, running backs look pretty decent, at least the starting running backs. Uh, he's got Tony Pollard, who I love Pollard, one of my favorite picks um, in the second round, pretty much all offseason. Tried to get in my home draft and couldn't, unfortunately, but doesn't matter now. Um, yeah, Pollard's really awesome. I think that, I mean, he really doesn't have any competition for snaps. He's not going to be a, you know, 95% of the touches kind of guy or anything, but – you know, it doesn't have to be because he's so efficient um, that he just – anytime that he gets the ball, he's about to get, break off a big play. And it's a pretty good offense. So he's going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. I mean, not really scared of any of those backups. And the fact that Zeke didn't come back and they don't really have any other, you know, goal line back per se, I think that builds, builds really well for him. Um, losing Kellen Moore, though, might hurt a little bit. Curious how that will play out. Um, Cleo Herbert, I do like Herbert. The – Main issue with him is he's not really going to catch passes, but he's still on a run-first offense. He's the lead back in run-first offense, um, and he's going to get a lot of carries. Um, it's just more of a matter of he's going to have to be pretty efficient on those carries. He's not going to catch many passes. I think the Bears' offense as a whole will be okay this year. So, I mean, he'll get some touchdown chances. I don't think they're going to be like top five or anything crazy like that. Um, yeah, as number two running back, that's pretty good, considering that looks like he spent – it only took Pollard through the first, what, like seven or eight rounds, I guess that would have been. Yeah. Um, and then the two backup running backs, Zeke and Jared McKinnon. Uh, McKinnon's pretty fine, you know, solid floor. He's He'll occasionally break off like a long play or something, but he has the pass catching that provides a good floor. He's going to get maybe a few carries a game, but again, his, his role is solidified. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. He, he's pretty good bench running back. 
Um, and then Zeke, you know, I won't lie. I think Zeke's kind of washed at this point. But he, if he can just sneak in every now and then for a touchdown or two, even if it's like 10 carries or 20 yards, but he gets a touchdown, like that's good enough for, for your flex for a couple weeks, right? Um, and, you know, if something does happen to Ramondre, he probably would get a decent amount of work. Again, probably wouldn't be very efficient, but volume is pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, pretty decent running backs, I'll say. Pollard uh, is really, really excited about Pollard. Uh, the receivers here are very nice. Amon Ross St. Brown, um, the sub god, I love him. He's also one of my favorite picks in the second round. Um, the alpha on Detroit, you know, no other than Gibbs, uh, not really much target competition, at least for the first you know, six games or so until Williams comes back. Um, and even then they play completely different roles. So it's not like he's going to take too much of his work, but yeah, I love Amon Ra. Um, Keenan Allen looks like he got him in the fourth round, which is pretty good. Um, I won't lie. I don't love Keenan Allen, but let me say, I don't love him because I don't think he has like a huge ceiling, but he does provide a very safe floor. And that's really what you care more about in a managed league. You don't care about the ceiling quite as much. Um, but yeah, Kellen Moore going there and just, the offense in general looks really fun to watch. So he definitely will give you a pretty good safe option each week. And then Debo Samuel, uh, actually, I guess Debo would have gone. No, it look, probably looks like Keenan went the third and Debo went the fourth. Yeah, that'd be right. Um, yeah, Debo kind of the opposite of Keenan. Like he's not going to give a ton of volume, but he's probably he, going to be super efficient when he does get those touches. Uh, just so many mouths to feed at San Francisco, but, you know, he'll get like five points one week and then 35 the next, you know, you just never know. So a little risky, but uh, definitely a very good player. And then Cordell Sutton is a four, uh, especially with that Jerry Judy injury and the the Tim Patrick injury and the all the all the injuries that have ailed that receiving core. Um, he's in line for a lot of work at least early on until Judy gets back. Um, so that, that's a pretty good pick as well. And then Michael Thomas, you know, kind of polarizing. He's barely even played the past few years. Like if he does actually play then yeah, that's, that's a really good pick. But again, it's a really big if uh, because, yeah, he, he do, do, can just never stay healthy, it seems like. But I think he can still – if he can stay healthy, he can definitely pay off that price tag. And then Alec Pierce to round it off, um, kind of a boomer bust with him. You know, he's kind of like a big home run threat and rookie quarterback who's not the most accurate and who's going to be a run first or at least run preferring quarterback. Um He's probably good. He's good to get you a couple of spike week here and there, but obviously your six receivers are not someone you really have to rely on. Um, so receivers as a whole, I think, look really good. And then to round it off with tight end, we got Darren Waller. Um, I've been pretty high on Waller for most of the offseason. Uh, I don't don't know if he should be going quite as high as some of the hype he's been getting. I mean, I've, I've seen him go like in the 40s lately in some drafts, which I think is like pretty steep, but. Um, I mean, he is like by far and away the best target on the Giants for sure. And um, they um, seems to love him in camp and preseason and everything. So he definitely is a good starting tight end for sure. I mean, probably definitely top five tight end for fantasy. Um, and then the very last thing, not the defense really matters that much, but I would probably drop Patriots defense before this week because they play the Eagles and not going to have very sack opportunities against the Eagles offensive line, in my opinion. Uh, probably, I mean, I haven't looked at the waiver wire for the defenses. Probably if I could find a couple better ones. Uh, let's see. The Saints play the Titans. I would definitely take the Saints against the Titans offensive line. Their offensive line is oof. Um, 
Commanders against the Cardinals. I would probably drop the Patriots for one of those defenses. But, um, yeah, I'd say this is a really good team, though. Uh, I like it a lot. Do you guys have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I can't get behind uh, Khalil Herbert in round seven. Too soon. Oh, do you go in round seven? Okay, I guess. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I thought he went in round eight. Okay, Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent team. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I like the wide receivers on this team. Um, Love Tony Pollard. Um, Zeke on the bench, not a huge fan of that. I'd if I'm going to have running backs on the bench, I really want somebody with a little more upside than, than Zeke at this point. Yeah. Especially in this league with a waiver wire. So Zeke is still replaceable on this waiver wire. Yeah, I love I love Amon Ra as well. I mean, we always talk about him on these podcasts. Just target city, target city, holy crap. And I love Keenan. He's the same type of player. He's just so dependable. Um, gets himself open real quick. And um, Alex has been real hard on driving down the QJ train lately. And I, I'm on board too. I'm not a huge um, Quentin Johnson fan this year, but I think the fact that he's not opening up as wide receiver three is, uh, is he undraftable in redraft at this point? I mean, at least borderline. Depends on how deep the league is. Yeah. Right. Um, but a league like this, um, I would say so. Yeah, in a league like this, it's only right. We're 13 like, spots, we're, yeah. yeah. Where we're looking at some of these guys on the bottom end of wide receiver, you're looking at guys like Sky Moore and Donovan People Jones, and in that like level, a guy I don't know, like a guy like QJ, give me a guy who's gonna start. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little tangent, but mm-hmm. as all that to say, I love Keenan Allen. Herbert uh, clearly has the chemistry there. And Allen is just, I feel like he's been doing it for 15 years. Like, but he's been doing it for as many years, at least as Phillip Rivers has kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time. Yeah, exactly. And Waller, I've come around on a lot as well. But like you said, the draft price might be starting to get a little too rich. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy Definitely with like the sixth round. Yeah, like sixth or seventh was a lot better. I mean, just because in managed, I really prefer to have one of the top tight ends just because, you know, it could be such a big difference between if you have Darren Waller and someone else has like, you know, just looking at a couple of these tight ends, like having, I don't know, Tyler Higby. Like that could be a huge difference yeah. in any given week, yeah. just for example. But like, but yeah, it, it is a little, a little steep at this point. Yeah, I think that was my only thing was Waller maybe a little a little early, but it's fine depending on who else was there in round six. I like like Alex said, I like the receivers in this one. That's typically what I'll focus on more when I draft is especially in redraft is getting more of those top end receivers. Uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. Receptions, receptions, receptions with um, St. Brown and Keenan Allen. That's a great one two puncher receiver, and I think Lawrence Lawrence is going to have a big year. I'm surprised Schultz said nothing about Lawrence. I know. I was thinking the same thing. What the hell? Honestly, like you have a shrine behind you, Chelsea. I, mean, it's, I do. It's all I, Lawrence. My, the guys in my home league make fun of me and call it my uh, Hey Arnold. Um, the shrine Helga has of <laughs> Hey Arnold in her closet. <laughs> but yeah, um, Trevor 
it's because I could talk forever, but he's going to take another leap. Um, he took obviously a huge leap in the middle of a season. Like we just don't see the type of leap quarterbacks take like that in season. And he did it off. Like the bye week happened and mentally he's flipped a switch. It was over. Um, He's entering his second year in the Doug Peterson system that turned Carson Wentz into a fucking MVP. So he added Calvin. Yeah, he's going to go off. How high do you think Amon Ra can get this year? Wide receiver five, wide receiver three, one. What do you think? Um, Full PPR, top three. I could do it. I it's because of the volume and he's trustworthy. His touchdown luck last year was just stupid as how many times he got That's tackled, true. like inside the five um, in a full PPR, he could push top three, I think. Yeah, I agree. Especially with cup hurt now too. And chase. If yeah, he, if say that. Yeah. Burrow misses any time. Then that's another player down. Yeah. I could see, I could see top three. Yeah. If he gets the touchdown luck, that changes for him. I think he was, what, eighth in red zone targets last year? So it's not like they're not targeting him down there. Mm-hmm. He just had to deal with Jamal Williams the one-yard line. Exactly. Just bad luck in his, in his favor. <laughs> yeah, plus, I mean, there have been reports at camp and just offseason, you know, they're trying, they're going to try to throw it to him deep a little more because, I mean, last year he really wasn't targeted deep as much. And I realize it's not his yeah. primary skill set, but he's more than capable of it. He can it. do it's it. Just, he can absolutely do it. They just really didn't feel the need to use him like that last year. You know? Oh, yeah, his yeah. – his ADOT last year was like 6.7. <clears throat> and his man, his rate on beating man was like eighth in the league or something like that real high. So it was like clearly showed that like as a, as a scheme and an offense, they're like, you, you get open. We'll give you it instantly. Like, <laughs> and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he could be the 2021 version of Cooper Cup. I think that's his ceiling. I'm in for that. I see. I could see it. All right. um, right, You want me to go next? Yeah, go ahead, Alex. All right. All right. I don't know how to say this. It's the Logger Dollar (laughs) Legion (laughs) of Doom. They had the fourth fourth slot in the draft. Um. This guy has the least knowledge of the NFL and is famous for his laziness. <laughs> so I hope we can help you. In the draft villa that they rent out, he is the only one that refuses to help cook and clean. He sits Damn. in his bedroom the whole day sleeping, and listening to fantasy football podcasts. Hopefully he's got our shows on there. Last year, he had a really good team since his cousin, who is also in this league, drafted for him (laughs) he probably doesn't know the difference between a running back and a tight end but they love him through his faults and he owns up to them eventually he's called luxury anton in the group because he only wants the best and he refuses to help with the cooking or the cleaning (laughs) they mentioned that twice here that must really irritate them (laughs) start doing some work man help out he is always First into bed on draft weekend, and the last one out, he sleeps, and he sleeps. Let's get to his roster. I think he drafted his own team this year, hopefully. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> it's good. Dak Prescott at his quarterback. Um, I think 
you know, he had six, he had a good end to the season last year. It's six top 12 weeks of the last nine games. It's got to clean up those interception issues. Um, but he adds a dynamic second wide receiver option that the team was missing last year by bringing in Brandon Cooks. Um, he's my QB9 for 2023. You got him in, in round 10. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, running back, Nick Chubb. I really love Nick Chubb this year. But I cannot get behind drafting him at the 104 yes. like you did here. Yeah. Um, he's more of like an early second-round guy for me. Maybe maybe late first round I'm okay with it, but not the 104. Um, with that said, it might work out okay. He's a workhorse and what should be a pretty good offense. Kareem Hunt's gone, which is going to open up some targets for him, um, despite the addition of Pierre Strong. I think, I think Chubb can have the best year of his career. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's my RB8 this year. Um, he led the NFL in rushing last year, but he touched the ball almost 400 times, and he missed all of training camp and preseason. So I'm a little bit worried that he's not going to be able to hold up for another season with that level of workload, especially after missing the summer. We've seen guys hold out like that before and come back, and they pull a hamstring in week one or week two, week three. Um, you can stay in shape working out on your own, but there's a difference between in shape and football shape, and it's hard to replicate that football stuff um, when you're working on your own away from the team. DeAndre Swift. Um, I've kind of gone all over the place with DeAndre Swift this year. I can't really figure out how I feel about him. Um, he's my RB31. Is kind of where I'm, I've kind of ended the summer with him. Um, he's been far more efficient than he gets credit for. He was number two in yards per touch, top five in yards per route. Um, with that said, I do think he's going to be in like a full-blown committee with both Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny. Um, I think all three of those guys could struggle to be consistent producers in fantasy football. <clears throat> Elijah Mitchell, one of the few elite handcuff running backs. He can also provide some, some standalone value. And then we get to wide receiver, DJ Moore. He's wide receiver one on this team. He's my wide receiver 23. Um, so we don't have a high-end wide receiver one on this team. Um, still a little bit of a lower volume passing offense, but they should definitely see an uptick from their passing totals from last year. I think Moore is going to be a big part of that. Um, he just gives he gives Justin Fields that true number one real-life wide receiver who commands volumes, makes plays after the catch. Um, I like DJ Moore, but I'd, I'd be happier with him as like my wide receiver too. All right, so we got Drake London. I love Drake London. Um, from like a long-term perspective, I like Drake London. Not so much in a redraft. Um, I mean, the peripheral metrics for him from his rookie season were really good, but a lot of questions at quarterback. Still have a run-centric offense with other talented weapons like Pitts and Bijan in the passing game. Um, I really haven't drafted much of Drake London this year. we got Tyler Lockett, who I still believe can put up a solid wide receiver two season. Um, he's finished as a wide receiver 16, 13, 8, 16, and 13 over the last five years. So I think there is enough juice for at least one more really productive season despite the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba and the fact that he's 31 years old now. Um, I have Lockett as my wide receiver 25. Jordan Addison, the rookie. I love Jordan Addison. I think he's going to have a really productive rookie season. Can easily see him finishing as a top 30 wide receiver. Um, I have him ranked as my wide receiver at 32. Then we get to Brandon Cook. So I talked about 
for a second with Dak Prescott. I love him for Dak Prescott, but I also love Dak Prescott for Brandon Cooks. The Prescott Brandon Cook stack is my most drafted stack on underdog this year, and it's really not even close. Um, so I love that you've got both of those guys on this team. Um, Cooks has had a, at least a thousand receiving yards with every single team that he's played for. I expect he'll do the same with the Cowboys. He's been the wide receiver 22 or better in fantasy points per game in seven of his 10 seasons. I think he's still got it. Then we got Darnell Mooney. Um, he's my wide receiver 50. I think he's going to be, it's going to have a solid year as a field stretcher. If, if as long as Justin Fields takes that next step as a passer, which I think he can, and I think he will. Then we get the tight end, uh, Mark Andrews, easy, top target in offense that I expect to see significant, a significant jump in passing volume. Um, but either way, Mark Andrews is a stud. Um, as far as this team as a whole, this is, this is a solid team. But basically, I think waiving your first-round pick by taking Chubb and not taking a Jamar Chase or a Tyreek Hill or a Christian McCaffrey in round one could be could really be what holds this team back from being a true contender. Um, what do you guys think about this team? Yeah, I think it, just lots of reaches. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I love Chubb, but like, I don't think you had to take him before. I mean, based on how the draft played out, possibly he could have fallen to the second round. Honestly, I think he could have possibly. Yeah. I mean, it would have been. Would have been a bit of a fall, but yeah, <clears throat> but you mean, could have gotten yeah. a number of other running backs in the second yeah, round. Exactly. Um, DJ Moore, I mean, he's okay, but I don't like him as my one for sure. Uh, Andrews, though, I do love. I like. I like. Like you said, Dak and Brandon Cooks, like both those guys. Yeah. Lockett's really solid. He's always consistent. <clears throat> and then Addison off the bench. Yeah, I love that. But not a big Swift guy or more. Jacobs is okay. Um, it, it just lots of the picks just don't seem like you got very good value for them based on where they normally go. I would say. Well, he's probably sleeping all day because he's lazy. <laughs> he didn't prepare very well. Yeah. So. yeah, clearly. I mean, the kind of fumbled the bag. It's funny. So here's here's my prediction on how this played out. <clears throat> my guy was like, "Yo, I'm gonna draft this year, guys. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna finally step it up. I'm gonna be active." And he was there. And he's just really started fumbling the bag these first few rounds. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to bed. Um, auto draft kicks in, racks up Brandon Cooks, Jordan Addison. You know, he's just getting him some solid depth. The back end of the draft goes well because my guy was sleeping. You can't auto draft because they're doing it in person. They weren't doing it. Oh, they were manually doing it. <laughs> All right. Um, I, like, I like your theory. I'm going to stick to it. Basically... <laughs> His first round pick is what should have been a second round pick. His second round pick is what should have been his third round pick. Yeah. But Jacobs in the second round. Mm-hmm. It could work out. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> All right. That does it here. Um, kick it off, Drew. I haven't heard much from you yet, buddy. What do you got? Yeah. So I have Ari's team, the deplorables. Um, it says here in the notes that Ari is the only Trump supporter in Iceland and won the league in 2019. Last season, he broke his finger on draft weekend, which was a bad omen. Uh, and the season went horribly. He is famous for his weak banter, so he usually relies on finding typing errors in the group chat after getting burned. 
He is called the Oracle in this league because of his incredible ability to guess the outcome of head-to-head matchups in the league. So I think for starters, we need to start switching over your predictions and translate that into trash talking. Because if you win the league in the last, not in the last five years, but you have to trash talk a little bit after, after you get a, a championship. But all right, let's go over Ari's team. Only drafted one quarterback, and it was a good one. Patrick Mahomes, not, not a whole lot to say. I mean, he's a stud. Will be this year. There should be no reason he won't be. Mm-hmm. My only complaint is, looking over the draft results, you took him in the second round, which is not terrible value. Maybe a little bit of a reach, but seeing quarterbacks who went later in the draft may have been the only thing you could nitpick about it. But again, it, when you're in the second round, you get a stud. Should have been like targeting Holmes. Joe Burrow. He took Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yep, that was my biggest thing because Burrow went, I believe he went in round five. I'll have to double check. But I think he went, yeah, right around uh, round five for Burrow. So you could have a really a sexy Cincinnati stack there with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. But only quarterback on the roster, which when you take Mahomes, there's no need for another one. Uh, it was pretty apparent that you took the zero RB route, which I'm a fan of. Um, maybe in a league size with this, when you only have 13 roster spots and Kamara being suspended doesn't go in an IR spot, that's kind of difficult to do with zero RB. Um, took him in the fifth mm-hmm. round. And then Cam Akers is the RB two. I like Akers. Um, I think he has legit RB1 upside, especially if, Cooper Cup is out. I think that offense has to go through someone, and Matthew Stafford coming off of a broken back is going to need some help. So the veterans. Well, I think I think the big plus there for Stafford, um, they've been playing together a little bit, so he probably at least knows who Cam Akers is. He's yeah, he's he's, he's not making friends. So you know, it's 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 essentially Tyler Higby and Cam Akers are his only friends on the team when Cup's out. So you at least have one half of fifty percent of his friends on the team. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he could have some, maybe more receiving upside. He doesn't really have competition. I don't think, um, Kyron Williams, fifth round pick last year, Zach Evans, a sixth round pick this year. I'm not worried about them getting too involved. Um, I don't think they would be a team to go out and sign one of those Leonard Fournette's or Kareem hunts. So I think acres should get a good chunk of the work, which is good for your, for your first top RB for, the next three weeks at least. Uh, currently you have Antonio Gibson in the flex spot. He'll be splitting time with Robinson. I think they've been pretty consistent so far in the preseason in terms of splitting reps from what I've seen. Um, he should be fine. There's there's always talk about him. I feel like the last couple of years, Gibson's always been talked about if, if he's going to get more work heading into the season and it just figures out he doesn't. Um, doesn't help when your head coach doesn't really know uh, who Sam Howell is until he comes in a week, the last week of the regular season. That's kind of a red flag from a coaching standpoint, but so maybe he'll realize, so maybe he'll realize in week one who Antonio Gibson is. And it'll, that, it'll how much worse does it make it that his wife had to tell him that Sam Howell might be good? <laughs> yeah. Like the, it yeah, explains why he's never used Gibson. <clears throat> who doesn't yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ever seen him. 
Heineke had to go up and tell him, like, yeah, you should probably start this guy. We the last week of the season, we're out of the playoffs, which he didn't know they <laughs> were gonna they didn't know they were gonna be out of the playoffs either. I'm sorry, oh, that's you right. Can't convince me that that was some grand gesture by Taylor Heineke. He was probably like, I'm not going out there to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Gibson will be your RB two for a couple weeks. Um, I haven't checked his schedule. I know his first game's against Arizona. That should be that should great be great for him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Rashad Penny, uh, Tyler, Tyler Allgaier on your bench, and Kareem Hunt. I think your bench running backs are pretty solid. Um, Penny could be splitting time with Swift. We just talked about him. Uh, think kind of lukewarm on Swift for all of us. I Tyler Allgaier, I'm not really sold on. I think he was going to be one of the suggestions I would have to, to drop for a defense later on. Because um, I think Kareem Hunt, I think he could sign somewhere maybe in the next few weeks before the, or I guess this week before the season started and get maybe some work um, kind of sprinkled in there a little bit. But, you know, depth of the running back, not bad. I mean, it was pretty apparent you went zero RB, um, but you at least – you know, from rounds five through 13, you grab six of them. So that's kind of the goal when you take zero RB is you load up on them after you get two stud receivers. And going with your receivers, that's exactly what you did. Fifth pick, we talked about him already. Jamar Chase thought he would go higher than the fifth pick, but you got a stud. And then you got his teammate with T. Higgins later. Um, I don't know if he can get you top 12 production, but in the third round, you got a very solid wide receiver too. Um, teammates with Chase, so if for some reason Chase were to go down, Higgins should step in and be an alpha wide receiver one, I would think. But my biggest criticism of this team is your fourth round pick was Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, man. If this was circa 2017, maybe, that might be a good pick. But in the fourth round for Juju, I just checked before. I think Fantasy Pros has him like outside the top 100 right now. So that's major, major stretch for Juju. Um, I, I guess the hope. pick ahead of DJ Moore, by the way. Oh, oh my God. Um, he went before DJ Moore. <laughs> and then Brandon Ayuk and Drake London were picked in between his next, his fifth round pick when he took Kamara. So and Jameer Gibbs. The dude's oh, got yeah. a Brees Hall. Dude, dude's Brees got Hall. a knee of a 90 year old guy. He's not even going to make it through the season. <laughs> so yeah, not, not a fan of that one. Um, that, yeah, that, that, that's a rough start, but he is your flex. Um, Hopefully you get some production out of Gabe Davis or Jacoby Myers, your other two receivers on the team. I, I mean, both are probably – well, they definitely are their wide receiver twos in their respective offenses. I'm not sure if they'll be the second on the team in targets for either offense, but they do provide good depth on the bench. Um, I mean, it, it, it's the Cincinnati show. It's, it's Chase and Higgins. You're going to hope that they're going to be studs um, and half PPR to lead your group. And then tight end Kyle Pitts for Carolina. Hopefully he bounces back this year um, in year three. We saw big numbers from him in his rookie year. Kind of took a step back last year. 
we mentioned it with Drake London. It's a run-heavy offense, and they just got their bell cow back with B. John Robinson. So there is a little concern, but I would think it's going to be – I mean, he, he's going to be a, a, probably a mid-round tight end. He's going to be, you know, tight end five, tight end eight, somewhere in that range. So when you take him in the sixth or in the seventh round, that's that's fine value. I have no problem with that at all. Um, no defense for this team. So yeah, I would I would suggest tro- dropping you know even Kareem Hunt until he signs somewhere. Um, some of the defenses I wrote down that were available. Washington gets Arizona week one. We talked about the Saints. They have Tennessee, Jacksonville's Indianapolis, and then Denver. Um, they host Las Vegas. So definitely some good waiver wire value out there for the defenses but overall nailed the first two picks i think maybe a little high on mahomes but he's a safe pick in the second round some work to do in the middle rounds and later on but what do you guys think about this team i think that um not taking the defense and taking the shot at hunt to see if he signs with this first week like if for since there's such a, a short amount of time between the draft and the season, like we talked about with the first team, it was kind of a weird strategy to to overdraft the receivers like that. But here with with Hunt, let's say tomorrow he signs um, in Kansas City, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, um, great pick. Let's drop Tyler Algier now. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that was a, a decent move as far as waiting to make that call. Um, I agree with the, well, the overall draft strategy here is, is odd just cause it's like you, you, you clearly wanted, you clearly entered the draft wanting chase and Higgins stack. Like, I don't think you're sitting on the clock in round three and being like, yeah, I guess I'll stack those two. Like to me, that was a planned planned thing. So taking, Mahomes sandwiching them was odd. Like at that point, you need to go yeah. all the way and take Burrow, yeah. which leads you right into the Juju conversation because you could have taken a really good player in round two and then Burrow in four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you're going to draft zero RB, I really think you got to cross off Kamara. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be missing those first three weeks, you're already you're already making yourself weak at running back voluntarily, which I'm fine with. I love the zero RB strategy this year, but then you're also going to make yourself even weaker by your RB one missing the first three games of the season. Yeah. So that think- would be other than Juju. That's my biggest criticism. Yeah. I mean, I'm all I don't really think it's that good of a team. I mean, just, I completely agree. If you're going to a running back, you can't take someone like Kamara or he didn't take Javante Williams or someone like that who we don't, you don't know if they're going to play week one or, you know, they're spending or whatever. Um, and then just taking two guys like Chase and Higgins, who, yeah, they're both great in their own individual right, but taking them together without Burrow, I, you just need some weird, specific outcomes to happen for that to really work out in your favor. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the juju, though, that's just – that's so bad. It might be one of the worst picks of the draft in one life. It's got to be, absolutely. Drop him for a defense, damn. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, 
I guess that kicks it back to me. I'm going to take my second team as the very easy to pronounce Gainesville Grinders. Um, so I hope, or I don't know, this may be may or not be an Urban Meyer reference because for me, Jags fan, last year and this year, my redraft team names are now Urban Meyer's Grinders thanks to one infamous night in a Cincinnati bar. Um, so I saw the Gainesville grinders and I was like, shit, I'm taking this one. Um, if this has anything to do with urban Meyer's love for young females and grinding on them, bravo, because great minds think alike. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I I just hope that's what this is. And I'm going to pretend that is what it is because urban Meyer's a sleazeball. And the fact that my team names are urban Meyer's grinders and I've got Gainesville's grinders, just, this is just too much. And I love it. So did you see the clip of him yesterday? Oh, I saw the the clip of him yesterday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he's he's never not going to dirt bag. (laughs) Like he's just, there's no shame in it. I mean, even with the cameras on you, man, like, come on. <laughs> oh, so the good news here is the talent on this team far exceeds Urban Meyer's NFL coaching ability because you got Jalen Hurts. And aside from Mahomes, this is the dude to me. I mean, Allen as well. Uh, so I'll throw those. Those three are your big, like your pinnacle of quarterback um, for fantasy in a one QB, especially yeah. um, those three are going to put you the gap ahead of everybody else so far. And it's just like a set it and forget it. Like you, if you have one of those three in a one QB, you enter every single week on paper, like, you know, let's just say 15 points ahead, just because, just because, um, they are going to, they're just a fucking wagon. They're going to steamroll you. They're not going to stop and they're going to score 50 points if they can, because that's just what they do. And they don't care. Um, Hertz gets a ton of rushes in the red zone. I I don't need to wax poetic about why Jalen Hertz is great. Um, this is a solid one-two punch at running back. My only issue here is the fact that you took Eckler 101. Um, I, that's just, I don't understand that one to me, even if you're going to take running back, you got to go for CMC. Um, yeah, I just Eckler 101's a, a head scratcher, but to me it's JJ or chase and I'm a JJ guy. So I would have taken JJ. Um, but you got JJ, or I'm sorry, you don't got JJ. You got Brees Hall as your second, and all reports seem seem great as far as his recovery. He just got uh, Dalvin cooked, and it's remains to be seen, you know, what that realistically means as far as usage. Brees' talent is going to get on the field no matter what. Dalvin is, you know, a little aging. I mean, he's aging for a running back. And he's still good. He's still going to be a great player. But Brees has got to be on the field. Like, when you have a dude that's just that special, you have to have him on the field. So he's going to get his. He's going to find his way on the field. No concerns there. 
Um, we were just talking about Gibby. Um, this team has Brian Robinson. And Brian Robinson, did you guys know he got shot? I Wildest thing, I've never heard that story before. Apparently he got shot last year. Nobody's ever told me that. <laughs> wow, that's breaking news to me. Yeah, breaking the most breaking news in the world. Um, still made it back before Michael Thomas. Um, <laughs> the is is Brian Robinson the least sexy fantasy pick there is? Because yeah. I don't One like him sure. as a player, but they are they're gonna give him twenty carries a game. He's gonna score some touchdowns, <clears throat> and he's just gonna get the work. So it's like. I don't want I don't want Brian Robinson on my team, to be honest. But where he's getting drafted, and if you need a running back, I'm doing it. Just be like, like I said, I don't like the player. I like the offense, uh, the offensive opportunity, and the workload he's going to get. And in this case, I like the stubbornness of the coach. Um, and your last one is Kenneth Gainwell, very polarizing dude. But like Alex mentioned. I think it's going to be a three, three-way monster there, um, and it's just going to be one of those ones. The Eagles are tough because they, if something's working for them, they're going to make you stop before they move on. So let's say they can't defend this one play that AJ Brown's getting fifteen yards on every time. Well, A.J. Brown's about to have 12 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And that's how, that's just how that team rolls. So for a three, three, uh, three-headed backfield, it's just really dicey to me because you, you're relying on injuries for any of those guys to make the others relevant. And if they all stay healthy all year, you might get – a couple pop weeks out of each guy versus the rest of them just being kind of, you know, middle or just below average. And that's really not super ideal, especially if they're only going to give you two pop weeks the whole year. And Gainwell, I don't know, he's got the receiving capability, but so does Swift. Um, It's just one of those ones I have no idea what to expect here. My my concern with Gainwell is he's he's the guy that coaching staff has had eyes on the most, but his opportunities haven't like significantly increased um, to reflect that, which is a concern to me because the coaching staff has seen him more than the other guys, and they're still electing to try and find new ways to get this happen. You know, get this to happen. He did outsnap Miles Sanders in the Super Bowl, so that gives me a little bit of hope there. Absolutely. Um, I think my my one thing with that, though, I think game script comes into a little bit of play there because they were playing the Chiefs. Um, you just know you got to be high-flying. But there is significance there, and they're going to find themselves in a lot of games like that. So, I mean, it's not like that is an outlier. That is that still counts. Still if, I'm draft, if I'm drafting an Eagles running back, though, it is going to be Gainwell. He's the cheapest one of them all. At, I think that's say, kind of how cost. I approach. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely. I think the best that's kind of how I've decided to approach this backfield. Like, if you were, if I had to pick one, who I think is going to score the most points this year, I'll pick Swift. 
but if if it's who I'm drafting at cost, it's probably Gainwell. Yeah, I think you could make a case for all three of them, which gives us a headache as fantasy gamers. Yeah, yeah. But overall, um, oh, and you got Jeff Wilson on our IR. That was a nice, um, nice draft, and then swap him to IR. It's a solid player to stash. Um, you can pick someone else up in the meantime, and he's in an offense with a great running scheme, scores a bunch of points. Moster um, has shown that he is going to not probably play more than half the season. Has he played more than like eight or nine games in a while? I don't think he has. He always gets hurt so. at some point, mm-hmm. but he's pretty right. solid when he does get hurt. And then the other guy is tiny little Devon A.J. I don't know. He's already he, he, I was gonna say he's already getting banged up. Yeah. Um, so Jeff Wilson, I'm down for that stash. I think this is a nice running back room overall, except for the fact that you slipped up at the top there. Um, wide receivers love CD Lamb. I'm expecting monster here out of CD again. The dude, it, to me, he's the reverse Velas Jones. Um, Velas Jones is the 25 year old rookie. And CD Lamb is the 24 year old who's somehow been in the league for 10 years already. Okay, but um, shame on the rest of this league by letting CD Lamb get to pick 24. I was about to say, that's I think that might be the seal of the draft. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Um, that is something else. And so he came out with round two, three turn with Lamb and Hertz. And that's, mwah, which is greatly yeah. making up for not taking Justin Jefferson. But could yeah. you imagine if he started JJ, CD, Lamb, and Hertz? Beautiful. Oof. Or even if he was going to take a running back, CMC instead of Eckler. Like, right. If he had to take a running Yeah, definitely JJ would have been the pick, though, for me. But, hey, we could be wrong, so you never know. Um, yeah. I'm not super into DeAndre as my wide receiver, too. Once again, I mentioned earlier, it's a run-first offense. Not a, not the best quarterback. I love DeAndre as a player. I think what he's going to do for the Titans offense for real-life for for real life implications is way more than what he is going to be for fantasy this year. Um. I just think the way that passing offense works, <clears throat> it's not designed to like funnel the one guy like that. It's all like, you know, design off the play action and getting scheming guys open. It's not a, you've got the quarterback to go drop dots to your wide receiver kind of offense. And then that gives us over to number three at Mike Evans, who I like Chris Godwin way more for the Bucks this year. I think we might see our first sub 1000 yard season out of Evans unfortunately. Um I don't think Baker is trash, but he's not great and he's he's going to be like average to like above average at, like on his good best days. Um but I think with Baker, he he stylistically will play way better with Godwin, and, you know, in the quick hits, the zone, you know, the Godwin sitting in zones, getting himself open and eating in that way versus like um, Baker throwing deep or like being precise on, uh, you know, a contested catch ball or a back shoulder or a pylon throw or something like that. I so I think I think the way Baker plays as a quarterback is going to help. Godwin a ton more than Evans. 
Yeah, and the overall volume in the passing game is not going to be there to make up for that either, like it was with right. Brady. Yeah, they are not throwing 650 balls again, that's for sure. I think sure. he had like a 19% target share last year, which is okay, but it's not what you're going to – not going to propel you to the seasons that we're used to seeing from Mike Evans. Yeah, I right? mean – yeah. With the volume being down, that is not going to be anywhere close to what we want from, from Evans. And let's be real. If he didn't have that week 17 massive game, he'd probably be getting drafted at least a round or two later now. I mean, that's really right. lots of his production shape that one game, which, yeah. yeah I, mean, I think, he, I think he could, it was yeah. 35% of his fantasy production came in two games. Half of his yeah. touchdown came in one game. Dude, the only With thing Brady, I – the. Yeah. The burn in my retinas moment from last season is that touchdown drop he had, where it he was literally wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It was it was at the Carolina, first, the first Panthers game. Yeah, and it hits his hands, and it was like he decided to just throw it again, like it was a hot potato, and then he almost ran it down and caught it again. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, but yeah, so. Unfortunately for him, Tom Brady's gone. And I think Evans, not that it matters in redraft purpose, but he's out that door after this year, I'm pretty sure. Um, which gets us to Elijah Moore. Great upside pick, um, but huge question marks. Nobody's going to doubt the upside, the athleticism. He's got... Um, a quarterback who can help him in that aspect. I think Deshaun is another quarterback who's going to help in the, in that um, shit. You know what? I don't even want to try and pump this guy up. I hate him so much. He really looks uncomfortable in the pocket still, um, which that's like the one thing I noticed last year when he got back was like, he just would bail on the pocket really quick. And I noticed it in the preseason some too, which honestly might help Elijah Moore. I think if there's a scramble drill guy on this team, it's going to be him as far as just being able to get out there and make crap happen and get himself open backyard style. Um, but the offense is going to scheme him up with some end arounds and some useful creative stuff. This is just a huge boomer bust pick. And I just, I don't feel strong enough either way to plant my flag on him. So for like personal draft strategies, it's like a guy I'm not drafting just because like for the type of player he is or fantasy this year, like I need conviction on a guy like that if I'm going to draft him and I, it's just not there for me and I very well could be wrong. And if I am wrong, you got yourself flipping awesome wide receiver four. Um, which gets you to Rashad Bateman for your five, which I'm not a Bateman guy like at all, but you've got a starting wide receiver as your wide receiver five. Like that's, that's good. <laughs> a lot of, um, there are people who are going to draft guys who are going to get a lot less usage than Bateman should see this year. So I have no issues with the, um, <clears throat> fact that he's on your bench here. And you've got an extra spot. Oh, sorry, you got Dallas Goddard up here at tight end. Um, he's just going to be one of those middle of the pack running or tight ends. I'm I'm fine with him because he gets drafted with those like middle of the pack tight ends, but he's not getting drafted at the top of the middle tight ends, like the top end of those middle group. Like I'm avoiding and redraft. 
But when you start pecking them down, that's when I, I start to feel comfortable slotting into tight end. So, and I think Goddard fits that perfectly. Once again, a high scoring offense, you get to match him with Hertz. So I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Which the last thing here, Eagles defense, um, they're, they're going to fuck. That's all there is. Um, defensive line is just ridiculous here and they get Jalen Carter. I don't think the league's ready for Jalen Carter. Uh, he's going to be terror, terror, terrifying. The, I heard someone on a podcast say, I think last off season, which really like changed my perspective on um, valuing defensive line players, but, and Hunter will agree with me here. Defensive tackle, I'm almost, I'm almost think that might be more important than like a pure badass edge guy. If you've got the Aaron Donald versus or the Chris Jones, that is showing to be more impactful than a straight up edge dominator because you cannot scheme for the guy who will blow up the entire play in 0.7 seconds. There is zero, there is nothing anyone in the league can do to stop it. You can scheme to stop or slow down rushers and to at least do things to help. When Aaron Donald blows up a play like he can, it's, there's nothing. And I think Jalen Carter has the, some of that in him. And so, yeah, they're going to get a bunch of sacks, fantasy points. And you've got yourself an empty bench spot for uh, really whatever you want. You did a good job. Uh, balancing the roster. Uh, and so you can pretty much go out to the waivers and just take whoever you like because you've got numbers everywhere um, to where you, I don't think you need to force it at any position. So just go pick up whoever you want, really. And other than that, he had a couple, like I said, the miscue, I think, with Eckler, but I don't know. I think it's a really strong team. I, re- I like yeah, this is. one. Yeah, it's a really good team. Um, I like the Eagles stacks. I mean, if you're going to go all in on a team, might as well make it the Eagles. Um, I like CeeDee Lamb as your wide receiver one. Dallas Goddard, tight end. Your running backs. I know we, we suggested you should have you know, taken Jefferson at one instead of Eckler, but elite running back room with Eckler. And if Brees Hall is healthy – and he can get ahead of Cooks, which I think he can by, you know, week six or so. Um, a lot of upside with this team. Okay, one note. I forgot to read the notes about this owner. This is going to make you guys laugh because <clears throat> king of the regular season loves beating teams in the regular season but doesn't have the balls to complete on the big stage. <clears throat> Urban Meyer. So, wow, the stars really did align. Gainesville grinders grinding their way to the playoffs. To the moon, to be honest. I don't know what's going to stop him. Yeah, I think it's a really good team. The, I mean, Evans and Robinson, not too big a fan of. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think it's really good, for sure. Especially once Brees is fully, fully healthy and... Reaching games with max potential. 
Schultz, you I, mentioned for, for Evans, you prefer Godwin in that offense. I just looked at the draft recap. Um, Godwin went the pick before. Oh, no. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know where you all have Evans ranked, but I did look at He was wide receiver 32 taken in this league. So I know we've kind of mentioned that there have been some reaches at points in the in you know Juju going early, CD falling, stuff like that happening. But I don't know, wide receiver 32, I think it's – no, that's not terrible for Evans, I wouldn't think. Right, and he's got him at his wide receiver three. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's – ADP-wise, good call, good catch on that because, yeah, it's not terrible. I think the thing that I like the most about this team – um, like Alex mentioned, leaning heavily into that Eagle stack is I think top to bottom, you, you did a great job of drafting quality and depth together, but also not like making any one catastrophic mistake. Like we've mentioned some things that we may have done differently or like something we weren't the biggest fan of, but there were no jujus in this draft. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, this is just a very strong team. Yeah, I think it's one of the few teams that's going to be contending at the end. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and go to my next one then. So I'm definitely going to not pronounce this right, but it's Reykjavik Zygis. I know that's terrible. but Nailed it. Yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah, um, <laughs> Stefan is the owner, so they say they they call him the witch or the voodoo priest because he puts curses on teams of players that often come true, and he often curses or jinxes himself when he says, "No, it's over. I've already lost." But then he ends up getting the win. Uh, it's a little bit of the reverse jinx, I guess. Um, he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> um, he's a member, though, of the elite club um, with another guy who I'll talk about his team later, but the elite club thinks they're above the rules. They were even charged with collusion because of an artificial transaction uh, a couple years ago. They cheated the league's market for each other's benefit. Um, The collusion case is called Kirkgate because it was Christian Kirk. Um, And yeah, I read some of, read some of that. It looked pretty, pretty spicy, pretty interesting. But um, aside from the history though, the team itself, I guess we can talk about that. Um, to a quarterback, you know, that's pretty solid. Um, if the, if the bench was deeper, I would have said maybe get a second quarterback, but with only four bench spots, it's kind of tough to do, but I think he's perfectly fine. Obviously there's the injury risk, but I think when he's healthy, um, he's probably a top 10, at least pushing a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, so I don't really see any issues there. Um, I I can't find which round he was drafted in, but I assume it wasn't too egregious of a reach or anything like that. He's in the 10th uh, round. Oh, 10th round. Okay, the, yeah. 10th round is really even good. Even in redraft, yeah. um, he's the one quarterback I am 100% rostering a backup for, though. That's fair. Yeah. Because... You don't need to league, though. What? You don't need to in this league. That this, I, There are I a bunch of good ones on the waivers, yeah. With the fact that the bench is so thin, that's probably true. I think that makes him the perfect quarterback for this type of league. Because <coughs> you got the risk yeah. of the concussions, but it's not that big of a risk if you can go pick up Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Damn foreshadow, but to match him with Tyreek is like the that's like creme de la yeah. creme stack yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and I'm looking at running backs. You know, on paper, Mixon and Pierce is a pretty good start at running back duo. But then you look and see that Mixon was taken in the second round, sixth pick of the second round, which would be uh, 19, right? Which is just way too early for Mixon. I mean, I think Mixon's fine. Like, as a talent at this point, he's not that good, but he's in a good situation, not real much competition, good offense. But, like, I don't think he's worth a second-round pick. I mean, that's, that's like, that was last year's price, last year's price. Um, but he's he's okay, I guess. He's just a big reach. And then Damian Pierce, uh, pretty solid. The thing is, the offense, I just have some concerns with them. But he is a kind of the opposite of Mixon. Not a great situation, but he's just a beast of an individual talent. So maybe the talent just wins out there. I mean, I mean, the offense on still probably better than last year, and he still was pretty solid last year. Um, got him in the fourth, which, I mean, that's maybe slightly early, but that's, that's pretty standard for the most part, I think. Um and then Dalvin Cook as the third runner back. I don't really care for Dalvin, I think, at this point. I mean, I won't say he's washed. Like, he's still a pretty solid, capable running back in a timeshare or just straight back up. He can even start for some teams. But, you know, I, just, I don't really see much there. I mean, he, he had so many teams, if they wanted to sign him, they could have, if they thought he was still good enough. But he decided to take a part-time job. On, a, on the Jets. So that just tells me not many teams valued him at this point, which... He lost, yes, you could him. tell last year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then getting him with a seventh, I think that's kind of a reach, too. Like, I, I mean, I guess that's where he goes. But for me personally, I, I wouldn't take him until, like, the 90s or so, like, in the eighth round. But it's not a horrible pick. I don't love it. Now, Jamal Williams, though, that one... Round nine, I guess it's not that bad, but... Williams, someone who definitely does not have very much individual talent. Now, relative to other players, of course, anyone who's in the NFL is very talented, yes, but he just gets all his fantasy points from his teammates falling down to the one and then him punching it in, which that's good for him, for fantasy owners, but, like, I don't know how much that's sustainable for this year. And now early on, well, Kamara's out. Yeah, he'll definitely get a lot more work, but once he gets back and then once Kondre Miller gets healthy, I don't really see much of a role for him because I think Miller's a better individual cha- individual, cha- individual talent. Kamara's obviously a better pass catcher. So I don't know. Um, and there's Amir White as a fifth running back. You know, at this point, earlier on in the draft, before Jacobs committed to sign it back, that would have been a better pick. But at this point, it's just years hoping that Jacobs gets hurt for that to have any value. Uh, but I guess it's fine holding for now. Um, and then moving on to the receivers. The receivers are pretty nice. Um, you got Tyreek Hill, obviously a stud. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished like number one overall receiver. I mean, I'd, I'd be a little bit of a push, but definitely like top five. He should finish off five, probably top three. Um, love Tyreek, got the stack with Tua. Uh, Calvin Ridley, he's a beast. I know, obviously. Um, Zach is saying a lot about that, but you know, don't want to spend another three hours here, so don't want to let him get on his soapbox. Um, yeah, I know he took a year off, but I I am in the camp that I think he's going to maybe not quite be as good as he was, but still good enough to pay off the price he's going at now. Um, just with a really good quarterback, really good offense. Um, and then Scary Terry, you know, the toe is a little concerning because if it's Toes can kind of linger a little bit, and it sounds like he may not play week one, but that might be better for him long-term just to rest up fully. But once he's healthy, uh, he's a stud. He would definitely be starting in the flex. 
Um, Quinn Justin, we already kind of talked about him, so I won't spend too much time on him. I think I think you could probably still hold on to him, but if you dropped him, I wouldn't blame you. Um, Adam Thielen, I think you can drop him. I think he's kind of garbage at this point. His teammate on the waiver wire right now, DJ Chark, I would instantly drop Thielen for Chark right now. Um, but... Yeah, he's just he's washed at this point. I think doesn't really provide much. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say that Chark is. I know he's battling injuries, so if, if it ends up like Chark is, you know, out for a couple of games, then I guess yeah. But I I'm not a big feeling guy. And then to cap it off at tight end, T.J. Hawkinson, um, just a beast. You know, he's going to get so much volume. We got a ton last year. Um, you know, Jordan Addison will probably take a little bit of volume away, but it's not like they're going to play the same position or anything. Um, he's still up there as one of the best tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped Andrews to finish as the second best tight end this year. Um, yeah, he's a stud. The Vikings are going to have to pass it a ton, especially, you know, I mean, Madison, we can talk about him later. He's fine, but, like, um, they don't have, like, any – great running game to rely on. So they're probably going to be passing it a lot. So just based on pure volume and he's a pretty good player, obviously. So yeah, it's a good team. And then, you know, Jets defense just have a really good defense. So probably could start them most weeks, except week one, they play the bills. That might be a little tough, but yeah, that's all I got for them. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Yeah. Going back to Hawkinson, I really like uh, getting him in the sixth round. Yeah. Great value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also mentioned Joe Mixon a little early in the second round. I agree with that. He's more of like a late third, early fourth guy at best is where I would take him. Definitely reach there. Um, You know, this is is a decent team. Definitely some work to do. Yeah, I'm I'm out on Madison. I mean, he went early round five. He could have gotten James Conner. Rashad White, James Cook, Cam Akers. These are all running backs I'm higher on than Madison. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I just don't see. Team. Yeah, Madison's not on this team. <laughs> yeah, I, I just briefly mentioned Oh, really? It. Oh, my Sorry God. I, gonna, I just heard you talking about him. And no, that, that's my bad. My bad. Yeah. Um, well, I just started over. running with a bit that doesn't matter. Save that because someone else, I'll save that bit for, for later. That's fair. Yeah, I think uh, feels like three out of the four guys on the bench could probably be cut, even if it's a shallower league. Like, I have no interest in Zamir White after Jacobs is back. Um, Elon could be the wide receiver one Carolina, but what does that look like? I don't think it's worth starting or even rostering at this point. And then yeah, we talked about Quentin Johnson. It's just if he's a wide receiver four in Los Angeles, then no. Yeah, I think you can cut him, but he drafted him in what the seventh round, I think, on this draft, eighth round, eighth round. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, not a good pick there. Yeah, that's not good. Could have had that it. sucks too Could because the rest of this team is badass. I love Tua going in ten. And the 10 yeah, two, for this one. yeah, he got some really good. I mean, Tua is a good value. Hawkins is a good value, but also just some bad reaches too to kind of counteract those values. Right, like yeah. this. This is the, for me, like looking at this team and the draft board, like this slot with how the draft fell could have built a true powerhouse. Now, I think this team is going to still be good um, and be probably a contender, but 
looking at like a couple of the tweaks, you know, as we talked it through, this team woof could could have really been something. Yep. Am I up? All right. So we got the Trout Hood Twats. <laughs> Drafted from the three slots. Um, the manager of this team, his name is Husky. He's an incredible pilot, but he's horrible at fantasy football. <clears throat> in three seasons, he has lost twice and in, in is getting, or I think that means he finished last twice because they make them wear an Antonio Brown Raiders jersey, whoever finishes last in the league. And this guy's getting quite comfortable in the Antonio Brown Raiders jersey. Now, this is another... a top level punishment, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other guys in this league, his name is Renar. I believe it's how you pronounce it. They call him the con man. And according to the commissioner, Renar is Husky's daddy. And Husky always lets Renar take advantage of him <laughs> by handing him gold. <laughs> For cow shit. He's also called Dumsky in the league after all his trades with Renard, <laughs> his daddy. <laughs> he's giving, <clears throat> yeah, he's just giving preference to dad and hope dad treats him well, you know? You know, actually, this is sounding like it's an abusive relationship. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think we should. We're we're victim shaming here, to be honest. We need to be pointing the 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 talks to Hernar here. <laughs> we'll get to Hernar. All right, quarterback on this team. I got Josh Allen. He's a locked in QB three. We talked about that earlier. Um, high pass volume offense. Got the rushing upside. He's my quarterback three this year. Running back, we got J.K. Dobbins. He's finally healthy. Hopefully, maybe. Um, <laughs> might catch more passes in this Todd Monken offense than he has in the past or than any running back in the in the Baltimore offense has in the past. Only competition behind him is Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, so he should get a pretty heavy share of the workload. Um, he's my RB19. And then here's Alexander Madison. Um, <laughs> I made a video about the worst pick in every round. Alexander Madison was my pick for the fifth round. Um, he's a career backup who has fallen into a starting job. It's been three years since he's been efficient. Most carries he's ever had in the season was 134. He's going to be asked to double that this year. Um, he's being drafted strictly for situation. And I tend to avoid those types of players because it really, it really works out. Um, he's my RB24. So, Zach, if you want to do your, your speech on Alexander Madison, you're up. Yeah, it's just I prefer a lot of the backs being drafted behind him. Um, also, we're playing in, in an NFL today where guys as talented as like uh, Armandre Stevenson, Travis Etienne, uh, I don't know, just like pick any of the like second tier running backs in the league. We're, we live in an NFL where those guys aren't talented enough to capture three down roles anymore. And you're telling me Alexander Madison is. That's all I got on that. There's just, it's just no. 
Yeah. Yeah. There, there are plenty of other backs you could have taken with the same floor, but a higher ceiling than Madison. Um, Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a walking miracle. I don't know how he's ready to start the season, how he even played in preseason. However, I'm still a little skeptical that he's going to be back to complete form after a multi-ligament tear. Um, I moved him up significantly, though, in my rankings. He's now to RB23, um, which is much higher than where I had him earlier in August. Um, Raheem Mostert might be one of the great steals in fantasy this year, though I think you you got him right around where he should be at this point in round eight. Um, wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. This guy saved the day after somehow the guys with the first two picks packed, passed on Justin Jefferson, finally takes him at the 103. Um, don't really have to say much about Justin Jefferson. He's a stud, easy top two wide receiver in fantasy, probably the one again. Justin uh, Jefferson is so good that somehow he probably knows that he just got drafted third overall um, <laughs> and that it's such a travesty that, and it happens so rarely that it, it, he's allowed to be notified. Just think about like, Hey, you got drafted first. He'd be getting blown up constantly, but no, you draft him third. He maybe gets hit with one of those a month. I don't know. He fucking knows about you brother. And I don't, I don't bet against JJ. You think he's making a little list of all the guys drafted ahead of him? Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley at two. I love it. Yes. And then <laughs> exactly their names. Um, he, <laughs> shit, he might show up at that Lake Villa next year. Watch out. Um, he'll, yeah, he'll hand deliver that Antonio Brown jersey. Um, Chris Olave. I love Olave in the third round. Um, he had a great rookie season, 1,000 yards. Saw a ton of downfield targets. He was top five in deep targets, over 1,600 air yards. He was efficient as well, top 10 in yards per route, top 10 in yards per team pass attempt. He's a natural fit with Derek Carr. I have him ranked as wide receiver 10. Then we get to Marquise Brown. Should lead the targets. I mean, should lead the Cardinals in targets by default. Um, no more DeAndre Hopkins. Zach Ertz is coming off the ACL, and he's no spring chicken. And they're going to start either Clayton Toon, most likely, or Josh Dobbs, at quarterback. Who knows if we ever see Kyler Murray again in a Cardinals uniform this year or, or ever, for that matter. Um, and I'm not sure the quarterback situation is going to allow Marquise Brown to be Marquise Brown, like a downfield playmaker who's going to get you those splash plays. I don't know if they're going to have – enough quality quarterback play for him to consistently get those types of targets. I don't think they're going to have time to develop those types of routes either, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Absolutely. He's going to have to be like rookie season Jalen Waddle with a low A dot ton of volume. I'm I'm just not sure that's, that's his game. Um, But I haven't ranked his wide receiver 28, which I think is respectable. Um, I think it's right around consensus, maybe a little bit below. Um, Marvin Mims is on the bench. I love Marvin Mims. I think he adds an explosive element to that Denver offense that was missing last year. He's a playmaker with four, three, eight speed He's great after the catch. And it sounds like Jerry Judy is going to miss like the first month or so of the season. So 
Mims is going to be leaned on in this offense right from week one. Um, I have him as my wide receiver 41, and even that feels low. Um, And then I think the other receivers on this team just kind of roster churn guys. Van Jefferson, Romeo Dobbs, Jonathan Mingo. I'm not thrilled about having any of those guys in my roster. Um, None of these guys are going to make or break your team. I'd probably drop them all, to be honest with you, for like high upside handcuff running backs. You mean you're not actually... You're not in on Van Jefferson wide receiver one season? Not quite. Not quite. The only thing Um, I got about that is if your offense is wide receiver one is Van Jefferson, I don't want to be buying fantasy pieces of that offense. Right. I agree. It's been a save, but uh, actually, no. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) No. Hey, I I lived 10 years of it at least. (laughs) I, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm comfortable draft. I mean, uh, dropping. Maybe you keep Jefferson to see if he's going to be starting the first couple of weeks until Cup comes back. But the other two, Dobbs and Mingo, I'm going to drop those guys for one of these handcuff running backs that would actually make a difference in your starting lineup. There, if they ever got the chance, like their starter goes down, now you have them instead of going for that rush to the waiver wire where everybody's trying to get these guys. Why don't you just roster them? Nobody's ever rushing to the waiver wire to pick up Romeo Dobbs. That's just the way I build my teams. Um, Jefferson, Dobbs, Mingo, they're a dime a dozen on the waiver wire, um, <clears throat> especially in these types of leagues. Tight end, Pat Fryermuth, top 10 tight end easily, I think. Um, he's in an offense. I'm starting to believe in the Pittsburgh offense. It took me a little while to get there. I'm starting to believe in it. All the reports coming out of training camp have indicated that Kenny Pickett has taken the next step, and I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I think it's true. I think it's happening. Fryermuth is my tight end nine. I think that's his floor. Um, this is a solid team. If Dobbins, Madison, or Javante Williams hit for you at running back, I think you really, really could be a contender. What do you guys think about this, about this team? Pickett, I'm in the <laughs> same boat as you. I was not on board at all. But you know what? At this point, I'm I just am gonna put my faith in that organization and the coaching staff because Tomlin has never had a losing season. He's yes, he had Big Ben forever, but he showed he can stay afloat with Mason Rudolph. Um what the other hell was the guy's other the other Duck uh, Hodges. Duck Hodges. Hodges, there was another one that recently that but yeah, it's like Oh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, like it's just he's shown he can stay afloat with these random ass dudes who probably shouldn't even be in the league. And I, I'm in on Pickett, his development. I don't think he's going to ever be that dude, but I think he could be like a Kirk cousins or something like that. And, and that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I was, I was low on Pickett coming into the summer. I think we talked about that on one of our first shows that we did, but just this last week or so, I've moved him up in the redraft rankings and in the dynasty rankings. I'm believing the hype, and that that puts me all in on the Steelers' offense. I think this I is don't the know best how you couldn't start. be because there's just so many good skill pieces there. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to have to throw the ball. They don't have a great defense. Yeah, I what think this say? is. I think this is Go the ahead. best start out of the any team we've talked about so far the Jefferson at three 
Allen in the second round, Alave in the third. That's that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, he's he's eating up all the value that everybody else fucked up on. And then it seems like he loaded up at running backs with Dobbins. I'm not. I'm like you all. I don't like Madison. Yeah. Um, I like Javante. I think if he's going to be healthy enough to play that offense with Sean Payton, they're gonna they're gonna get plenty of opportunity. I know everyone's high on Samaj P. Ryan. Um, I'm not banking on a 29 year old running back to come in and have a career year. So um, I think there's plenty of work to go around between both of them. And I think Javante could really benefit from it. Oh, absolutely. And I think part of the reason, I mean, I'm on this P Ryan train, but one of the reasons I like him is Peyton as a play caller, a coach has, has proven that he can carry two viable fantasy running backs on a, on a team. I think um, if Javante gets off to a slow start to the season, I think you're okay because you go Raheem Mostert, who's going to get off to a hot start to the season before he gets hurt. Especially, I think I really like him a lot this week against Chargers. I think he could have top 15 week against Chargers in week one. So I, I think you're starting him over Javante and just give Javante a couple weeks to, to show us that he's – He's fully healthy, and he's going to have the role that we need him to have, you know, versus Samaje coming off that knee. Alex, would you start would you start Marvin Mims over Marquise Brown, given the quarterback situation in Arizona and then um, Judy being out? And it would be tempting. 100% that's tempting. If I'm – I'm probably not – I was gonna say this feels like the classic like overthink it type of situation. Yeah, yeah, like you just gotta trust the rankings on that one. I feel like. Oh man, am I tempted to do it? I'm definitely staring at my lineup for a minute on that one. Yeah, because wasn't the when the report out last week that there were, I think there were only four receivers on the Broncos at one point. It was like Sutton, Mims, um, some other guy, and then Judy who was hurt. Some other guy. Yeah, (laughs) but he knows these guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I love Mims. Uh, love that you got him in round 13. I'm keeping him over Jefferson, Dobbs, Mingo, like we talked about earlier. Cool. Anything else on this team? I think that probably wraps that one up. All right. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. I will go with Love This Game Worm Army uh, at least team. And Atlee is called the worm because of his wormy ways. He consistently threatens to quit the league and says that he this is his last dance, but he can't quit because of his love for the game. He won in 2021, but had a terrible year in 2022 and made a lot of stupid decisions. Um, I this guy's Michael re- Jordan. He, it, he may not go down as like the GOAT, but threatening retirement, <laughs> making stupid decisions, you know, like gambling and playing golf and minor league baseball. <laughs> yeah, this guy's got Michael Jordan written all over him. Better be careful. If you quit this league, there's a wait list. You're not getting back in. Right. Right. And That's yeah, true. He, Don't you fuck around and find out, man. So I looked up the record book last year, and Atlee went a nice 1-13. Oof. Um, worse. And also, I'm not, I'm not aware of this, but... I believe he is the only person from Cleveland, Ohio, in this league. 
And I'm only saying that because if you look at his roster, I've never seen someone roster so many Cleveland Brown receivers (laughs) in my life. I'm starting there because I have to. I was writing down this roster and I said, A, I didn't know Marquise Goodwin was on a team anymore. And B, why the (laughs) hell are there three receivers from the Browns on one fantasy roster? I got to say, I've got respect for moving out of Cleveland to Iceland. That was not in the notes. I'm just kind of assuming it based off the draft. Is oh, okay. I, I, I ran with that. Yeah, I, I have no <laughs> idea if that's true or not, but we'll we'll go with it. Um, we so yeah. I mean, hey, at this point, we've made a lot of implications about these guys. <laughs> I'm, what's one more? Exactly. Um. So yeah, we'll 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 stick with the order with quarterback. Um, he has Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Rodgers in the fifth round. Wilson was in the the 10th round um that's i think it's pretty rich for rogers i think he was the seventh quarterback taken no sorry the eighth quarterback taken in the in this draft um he was taken ahead of justin fields i would have 100 times take justin fields over rogers in this one um and we kind of hit it on it already i think i don't know about you guys i have probably a handful of quarterbacks on the waiver wire who i would have over either of these two options with Richardson, with Absolutely. Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, you Deshaun have Watson. Deshaun Watson. Why didn't you, you draft have... Deshaun Watson? What the <laughs> For hell? real, you got all those receivers. <laughs> you have three guys from Cleveland. You can't get the one guy to throw him the ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Rodgers could have a big year. Um, I love the connection with him and Garrett Wilson. I think, I think essentially it's going to be like the. 2020 and 2021 Packer days when he had Devontae and he has every other piece in that offense. Now you're just going to substitute in Garrett Wilson and the Devontae Adams role. Um, in the fifth round, though, I think that's way too rich for Rodgers. But the in a league like this, you definitely have options on the waiver wire if for some reason neither of these guys work out. Your second pick was Derrick Henry. Um He's a bell cow back. I think age has to get up with him eventually, though. He's going to be in his – did he turn 30? Or is he – in his? he's either in his late 20s or he just turned 30. I know he's a beast. He's a freak of an athlete. But still, the, all those hits he's taking, I think that's going to have to catch up on them eventually. Um, but you get a bell cow back in the early second round, so I can't fault you there. Um Kenneth Walker the third in the fourth round. That's fine. I mean, he he's I think Zach Charbonnet is gonna have more of a role than what people are anticipating. Um, they're both second round picks. Charbonnet was more involved in the passing game in college. I think Walker, he's not undersized, he's bigger, but I believe he's like five nine. So I'm a little more timid with that. I think he's had some injury issues as well. So I Again, he's as your RB2, I have no problem with that, and especially in round four. Damian Harris is your flex, RB3, taking him in the sixth round. I want no part of any Buffalo Bill running back. Every year since Josh Allen has been a stud, we keep hyping up these running backs, and there's opportunity to become an RB1 or a top-end RB2. And if you want to be up in that range, you have to get touchdowns. And the only guy getting rushing touchdowns in Buffalo – since he's came in, has been Josh Allen. So I'm. Oh, I've not... taken the stance that I don't want a Buffalo Bill that's not Allen or Diggs. 
mm-hmm. period. They've shown that offense hasn't shown that they're going to sustain another like legit like for where the other pieces are being drafted this offense has not shown that they can carry a third option that's going to produce like like people want or expect other you know other players in that offense to right and yeah especially being i mean right now i think you're the backup behind james cook i think it's kind of what most indications have been i think a lot of people have kind of hyped it up that harris could be the goal line back kind of like what we saw from Jamal Williams last year in Detroit and just hopefully vulture a ton of one-yard touchdowns. But I don't think that's enough to take him in the sixth round. No, in the um, sixth round. No, absolutely yeah, not. I think it's way too I was rich. taking him back when he was in like the 12th, 13th round. Not round six. Mm. And then your last running back, Devon A. Chain, we talked to him a little earlier, undersized. That was kind of his concern coming into the draft process, and now he's hurt already before week one. Um, if he wasn't hurt, I would love it because it'd be him and most are competing for touches. And it seems like that whole backfield now in Miami cannot stay healthy. So they're probably going to be a spot to add in a Leonard Fournette, a Kareem Hunt, one of those two, if they go down and are competing or Jonathan Taylor, that's still, that trade could still happen. Um, so yeah, not, not as strong or as deep as what I would hope to have for running backs for this team. Uh, but you are deep with Cleveland receivers. So that's a big <laughs> plus if you're from Cleveland and you're a diehard. It's something. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, Stephon Diggs in the first round, like Schulte said, that's a, that's a solid, solid piece. You want pieces in Buffalo's offense, and he's the best one to have if you don't have Josh Allen. Um, but – Amari Cooper in the third. He's a fine wide receiver too, but for me, he's he's vanilla ice cream. I'm not going to get excited about Amari Cooper. I never have. I, at this point, is clear. I never will. Um, and that, I know it was middle of the season when Dak came back. That offense was bad when he came back. I think they had was it eight offensive touchdowns in his six games back, something like that. It was not. It was not pretty. I know they had one big game with against Houston where they blew them out, but it was all special teams, all defensive touchdowns. I'm very skeptical of any part of Cleveland's offense this year. Um, and, yeah, Mari's no different. He could be a good value if him and um, Deshaun Watson hit it off. I'm not banking on it. I do like Michael Pittman in the flex. I, he's in a contract year. They, I know Richardson's going to run some or a, a lot. They have to throw it some. I'm not sold on Alec Pierce being the wide receiver two or Josh Downs. If it's going to throw it someone, it's going to be Pittman. Um, he, he, I think he's due for a bounce back season. You got him in the seventh round. I think that's towards the end of the seventh round too. I think that's perfectly fine for your wide receiver three. But then the rest of them, I have no idea what's going on. You have Chase Claypool, Marquise Goodwin, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, I guess those are the wide receivers three and four in Cleveland, maybe. If, I kind of forgot Elijah Moore was there. So, yeah, you're looking at at least wide receiver three and four. And Claypool is in an offense that's not going to throw a lot. I wouldn't think they'll throw it more, but you have DJ Moore now. Um, it's still going to be a lot of fields running. And Clay, I just I feel like Claypool is the odd man out in Chicago right now. 
I I wrote up Claypool as a guy I liked as like a deep, deep, <laughs> deep best ball sleeper. And he was getting at the time when I wrote him up, he was being drafted in like fifteen or something like that. Um, something like that, yeah. And there's not even fifteen positional players in this league on a <laughs> roster. Yeah. yeah. This and guy then, just saw names that he knows on on the draft board. And, I'm going to take that guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 1 in 13 might be doing it again this year. <laughs> it, it's Evan Ingram at tight end. I think he could I think he'll be solid for Jacksonville. Um he's kind of like Friar Muth. I think he's in that range where he's probably yeah. top 9, top 8, top 9. Um he's going to be a safe option, but yeah, just a lot of questions at receiver especially on the bench and then quarterback play i think it's probably the weakest yeah we've had so far the problem with rogers for fantasy is we you need like like 2016 aaron Rodgers isn't walking through that door and like that's what's needed if you're gonna be a quarterback who offers no rushing yeah extremely efficient yeah i would i I would and for them to have the two backs who are probably going to vulture him a good amount, yeah, I just I'm not in on him for fantasy and a good defense, so they're not going to be playing from behind, so they're just going to be handing it mm-hmm. off to Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall in the second half of games. He plays slow. Fifth round, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's, that's almost as bad as Juju. I'm going to throw this almost. out there right now. If one of you guys is one of you guys needs to study this draft board and remember it for next year because you can take advantage of this so hardcore if you just remember this. Like, remember the quarterback run. Remember the running back run. Take advantage of those because we're talking about guys who are being pulled in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds who have no business being there, but it's because there was a run on, let's say, running back, right before and someone just got scared and they just pulled the Ryan back. I'm telling you, study this draft board, especially quarterbacks and running backs. Those two specifically, I think if one of you does and remembers it heading into next year's draft, you could capitalize big time because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my, one last thought is I would drop Rodgers and the entire bench, except I would keep uh, Devon a chain, but I would drop the entire bench, Aaron Rodgers, I'd get a quarterback and probably another couple of running backs or receivers for depth. Uh, definitely make a lot of changes right off the gate, right out of the gate. Yep. I agree with that. Um, for, uh, for the most respectable fantasy football league in Iceland, some a lot of weird picks in this draft. That's very true. <laughs> um, but you know what? Maybe, maybe he'll just quit the league after this year because it maybe seems like the team's not going to be so hot. But that guy <laughs> got him. Have a shot. Um, which brings, I guess, I'll take it to my last one, um, and that is the Swamp Ogres. And over here game. on our note sheet, I gotta find it here. Oh, see, on this says Swamp Monsters in the ESPN, it says Ogres. And I'm going to Swamp Ogres because 
I'm was just assuming this is a direct Shrek reference, and I love Shrek. So, <laughs> uh, Swamp Monsters, we're going for loves drafting running back handcuffs. Yeah. After he lost the toilet bowl, he had to wear the Antonio Brown jersey, and he threatened to quit the league <laughs> if the members didn't stop calling him Gooey the Toilet. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, great nickname. Uh, I'm for that. I'm sorry. He has even become a little violent over this. <laughs> so everyone <laughs> hopes he never loses the toilet bowl again. Uh, I mean, that kind of maybe I'm kind of wondering if maybe putting on the Antonio Brown jersey, people start to like personify and, you know, some Antonio Brown energy. Are there second hand effects shit. from second hand effects <clears throat> this from guy, wearing the jersey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is the biggest what-if-only man in the world and claims he would have won the league last year if Osos would have made the playoffs. So, sounds like a whiny bitch who makes excuses. <laughs> Got it. Heard. Um, man. that's Shrek would not be honored by that description, I gotta say. that's This is, this is a detriment to Shrek, unfortunately. Um... Yeah, you drafted Joe Burrow at quarterback, which <clears throat> I think normally in a one one quarterback I'd be down for. But since the fact he's got this lingering injury and the way the quarterback landscape is here, not a big fan. Um, like I said, had maybe studying past draft boards, people would have noted. I don't know, maybe the quarterbacks fell or, you know, the good quarterbacks fell late like we saw here like cousins and crap like that maybe that's been a trend and you could have capitalized and not taken burrow who has the injury or whatever yeah um but with that said i still expect burrow to be a very solid quarterback this year and just a very good offense and so he should be fine um went with some zero running back here which i do like um, how it fell for you, where your your top two are Miles Sanders and James Cook. Um, I'm cool with Sanders. My problem with him, he just gets banged up a lot, which sucks. But I think for being the lead guy in Carolina, that will probably rely on him a decent amount. And, I, and it looks like they're probably going to do a good amount of like RPO kind of game with Bryce Young that they he's familiar with in Philly that worked well with his style. So uh, I think that that could be a nice pairing. Um, James Cook, I'm not in on James Cook at round six value, I think is where we have him. Yeah, not a huge fan there. I would have rather just taken another wide receiver um, like Godwin or Lockett. Um, but I still think James Cook is going to be a, a nice fantasy piece this year. I don't think he's going to be the true three down back um, like a lot of people do. But like I said, I think he'll be a nice piece this year. And since you're going zero running back, um, you drafted a dude who's going to start. He's going to get good playing time. Like that's what you want in a zero running back pick. So like I'm cool with the James Cook pick, maybe just a little too rich. I love your top two receivers with Devonte Adams and Devonta Smith. That is just a badass combination to hit in rounds two and three. 
I was not a Devonta Smith guy coming into the league. Um, even after his rookie season, I wasn't like super huge, but I was wrong. He's good. <laughs> that guy can play. I I think what impresses me the most about his game is his ability to like make a tough catch in coverage to like I thought he was just gonna be a burner. I thought he was gonna be a one trick pony. And he's just a he's a football player. And you just I the my one concern would be his frame holding up to it. Um, because a lot of guys, like I said, are who are who are like that fit the burner mold and they don't get used in the way that you see him get used because they aren't talented like Devonta. But I've been completely wrong on him all the way up until this point. So yeah, round three is great. And I've mentioned it already, Eagles are just going to score a shitload of points. And those are the offenses you love to have pieces of. Um, wide receiver three, though, is Tyler Boyd. And I'm not super huge there, considering we're in a 12-team league. Um, I think you could have done a better job getting your third wide receiver. Because you went really deep at running back, which I skipped over those two dudes. But hey, yeah. so your flex is flexed. It, wow, words. You are <laughs> flexing David Montgomery and Charbonnet. Love Monty this year. Great zero running back pick. He's going to get a lot of volume. He's going to have touchdowns. He's in a good offense. He's he can catch passes too. Like I think people just assume because Gibbs is in town that he's just going to not, and that's just. That's wrong. I'm sorry. That's just a wrong assumption. He is being drafted way too late. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Monty this year and the fact that you were able to get him in in a zero running back build. <clears throat> Not super interested in Charbonnet for a redraft value. I think Walker's the guy to have, obviously, this year. I think Charbonnet is going to have some value. I just don't see how much standalone value he has without a Walker injury for redraft. Um, but he's your running back four, which which makes it you know pretty fine. But once again, I think he could have gone a little deeper at receiver here and knocked Charbonnet down the list of you know maybe he wouldn't be your flex. Your last running back, Devin Singletary. I really like Singletary this year. He's another dude throughout his career. He's never he's never been that dude. He's never been a stud, but he's always just fine. And when you're that late in a draft um, and you're going to get a running back who is going to be in a timeshare, I don't expect Damian Pierce to be getting 80% of the carries or anything. And then if he gets hurt... Singletary is going to slot himself into a three down roll. So yeah, value wise, love the Singletary value, but moving back to receiver, like I said, not the biggest fan of Tyler Boyd. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of any of these bench receivers. I don't, I don't really like any of these guys. Well, I like Boyd. I don't like him as a wide receiver three. I'm out on Kadarius Tony way too volatile for my blood. Um, and even if he does pop, the Chiefs are still going to... He's not Tyreek Hill, so he's... They're still going to spread it. Like, to me, the way 
people want Tony to pop is like they think if he does pop, he's going to get usage like a Tyreek or something, which is silly. Um, they're still going to flow through Kelsey and other dudes in that offense are going to randomly hit. And I'm just not out on, or I mean, I'm just not in on Odell. He's just old now, bunch of knee injuries, hasn't scored more than like six touchdowns in like six years or something. So I don't know. I think you could have managed the back end of this draft um, a lot better. But the start was really promising. And there's still room in the waivers to drop some of these receivers and add some solid pieces. So overall, um, I think we're looking at a legit playoff contender here. And once again, I think it's a team that, ooh, man, it really could have taken off. Oh, and you know what? I completely forgot Travis Kelsey. How could I? Um, the set it and forget it fantasy football player. He, the positional value he puts you even over Mark Andrews is greater than any other number one to two in the league. And then the number like one to like number five gap is like 10 times bigger than any other position in the league. Ultimate cheat code. He produces like a top wide receiver and you get to put him at tight end. He plays with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think you were right about the start of this draft is is solid. Second half of the draft, not so much. I think probably one or two too many running backs in those first eight picks. Um, I would have been fine with David Montgomery as my RB2. And then not taking Charbonnet, um, at least until a couple other rounds. And like you said, the bench guys, just just not good. Yeah, not I the think, guys I would want. I think for the build, the zero running back. When I had, if I had hit Monty as my running back three, I would have then pivoted back to loading that receiver, and then added like a four and five running back deep. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like round nine, round ten is when you should have gone back to running back after that. But like I said, I still think this is going to be a playoff team. Um, play the waivers right, and I think I, I think this one's got a shot. Yeah, yeah, it's top heavy, and there's there's opportunities on the waiver wire in this league. So if you if you manage it correctly, absolutely. Anyone else? No, I think it's a good team. Um, I, what is the word on Burrow? Is he going? To, is he is he going to be ready for Week One? Is that the um, assumption right now? Sounds like sure yeah. Week One, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when they cut Simeon, I took it as he, they think he's fine because I think if he well, okay. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing how obvious this is sounding. If they if Burrow wasn't ready, they would have carried both quarterbacks still, mm-hmm. um, Browning and Simeon. But I, I think letting go of Simeon proves how comfortable they are because I think if Burrow was legit going to maybe miss, they would have felt more comfortable rolling a veteran out there. Yeah, he's, he's one of the few guys that it, even after missing most of training camp and preseason, I'm 
still comfortable with he's going to be pretty much as usual so from week one week two and luckily for him he's not a lamar he's not a fields he's not an allen to where uh you say oh shit a calf injury and you start to get real concerned about his rushing Mm. yeah i mean would would you guys consider with the quarterbacks that are on this waiver wire would you go and just play it safe in week one and play deshaun watson or daniel jones or kirk cousins over him that was kind of what i was asking because i mean you could get ahead i mean i think everyone looks at a guy like anthony richardson i don't know if i'd play him week one but someone who has a ton of upside um like do you have that in this league kirk cousins would be a great example too yeah i would I'd pick up Kirk and play Kirk. He's playing the Bucks. That's a yeah. garbage secondary. Yeah, I was just gonna look and see who they those guys are playing. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think if you can get a hold of Kirk, I would. I'd a move I'd make. I'd feel super confident dropping Beckham or Tony. I would probably try to get Watson if I was going to. I mean, I I would. I'm still think it's perfectly fine to play Burrow, but if there's some other yeah, development that makes it seem like in doubt, then yeah, just drop like OBJ and then get Watson because it's the same game environment, just opposite team, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still have Burrow ranked in my top 10 quarterbacks for week one. I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah. Well, anything else? So want to go to my last team? Yeah. All right, so I'll try to try to make it quick. I know it's been a long one. Um, Aren't they so all? So I got got the Bermondsey St. Browns. Uh, apparently, it's some kind of inside joke because he lives in London, and um, apparently, that's something in London. I don't know much about London, so uh, I will say that it's the St. Browns. As a resident but... Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I know everything about London. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I should have asked you. You're right. <laughs> um. I don't know. Well, he he's missing out. He doesn't have Amon Ross St. Brown, and he's named the St. Browns, you know, so I feel like you got to make a trade for that somehow. But Go get Equinemius um, or something. Even that works, yeah. You know, have him as the mascot. Um, but he was the other half of this elite club that was part of the collusion, that there is the oh. whole scandal and everything. So Shame. It was hand-in-hand with the – well, I can't even say the other team's name, but with Stefan, we'll say that. Um so he's the biggest drunk in the group, and on draft weekend, he could not stop talking about Travis Kelsey and one time said, thing about Kelsey is that he's just like a wide receiver about 30 times during one evening. Um, he went through all that, but then he was not able to get him because he picked 11th, so Kelsey did not fall that far. But, yeah, sounds like he had a fun weekend himself. I was really hoping you were about to say he um, got drunk and picked, you know, someone else instead. <laughs> Juju in the fourth round. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it was anything that bad. Um, no, but well, I say that actually. No, I, I say that Kelsey all weekend to just get plastered and draft like I don't know anybody else. <laughs> um, his quarterback is Justin Herbert, who I love this year. Um, borderline top five fantasy quarterback, I think, is in his range of outcomes. You know, he's not going to run a ton, so that does limit his ceiling a little bit. But I think that just going from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore is possibly the biggest coaching upgrade for any team or at least for any offense um just a total dud to a stud just like that 
and plus getting Quentin Johnston, who even if we're not having him individually, that it, he certainly is better than like you know who I can't even think of their fourth receiver, DeAndre Carter, like someone like that. You know, just have an extra weapon. Um, so offense is going to go off this year. I'm very excited for Herbert. I've been drafting him a lot in pretty much any format I can get him. Um, you got Bijan pick 11, which uh, there's some lots of controversy about Bijan, um, but I think given who was available, I think that was fine. Um, I don't know exactly when this was drafted. If I'm assuming it was after the news that Cup may not play Week One, right? Like a few, just a few days ago, right? Because Cup win in the second round. Um, what's the, yeah, they drafted, was, they drafted last night. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, um, yeah, Cup Cup not going until I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, Bijan. I mean, I know there's lots of controversy, but I definitely see the upside case with him. Um, so I don't really have any issue to that. I don't love him, but again, I don't really see any main issue. One player I do have a major issue with is Najee Harris. And not just Najee Harris, but Najee Harris at 14th overall. 14, yeah. That is brutal. Um, that's, uh, I mean, the only thing he really has going for him is that he's probably going to get a lot of volume, which is fair. But he's proven that he is not very efficient with that volume. The Steelers offensive line is still not that good. And he probably is not going to have much of a third down role because Jalen Warren proved last year he was better in the receiving game. So I just don't see it much of an upside case with him. I think if you got him in like the late third or something like that, it would have been okay for like a decent floor pick. But at this point, I mean, he just needs to have an insane season for him to pay off that draft pick. And I just do not see that happening at all. Um, and then James Conner as the RB3. Let me see when he was drafted because I don't love him, but if he was drafted late, it's not Round that six. bad. Round six. Okay, yeah, that's – I'm not a fan of that. I know, I know, Zach, you said you like him, but, I mean, kind, kind of the same thing, but even worse. Like, yeah, he'll get volume, but he's going to be on a horrible offense with a horrible quarterback who they're never going to have many scoring opportunities. And he's kind of older, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if – they, if he got traded to a team somewhere like the Bengals, it could use like a pretty good backup or the Cowboys, something like that, you know. And he, obviously, he wouldn't have as much value as a backup. Um, I will say the, the Cardinals' moves over the last like week or two or whatever have definitely uh, impacted my opinion of, of Connor <laughs> overall. Yeah, because yeah, how do you? <laughs> yeah, do you, how do you? I still like him. Not as much, but yeah, you just a team that's like trying to lose. Yeah, I mean, at least with Cole McCoy, like he's never going to scramble, so he'd be more likely to throw some checkdowns at Connor. But like Dobbs is kind of a mobile guy, so probably not going to get as many targets. And he's still Clayton Tunis as well. A mobile guy, yeah, yeah. Whichever one of them ends up starting, I don't know they'll probably both play some throughout the year. And I mean, for all we know, Kyler may not play the whole year, so like. If I mean, if Kyler comes back, then yeah, obviously Conrad look, looks better, but we don't know when or if that even happens. Um, the next running back looks like was AJ Dillon in the end of the ninth round, which that's a pretty solid pick. Um, again, nothing special, decent floor. He'll probably get some uh, a lot of goal line looks, but he's not gonna win win the league for you or anything like that. But he's okay. And then take Bigsby. I do really like Bigsby. Um, just for some a little bit of standalone value, and then 
you know, if something does happen to ETN, which I know Zach, you, know, you would not want that to happen, obviously. But if it did happen, I think he'd be more than capable of handling a good amount of work on a really good offense. And again, that's really the case for most backups is, yeah, you want the starter would need to get hurt. But for him, I think he, he's good enough where he can carve out his own role and be like a decent flex player from time to time. Dude, um, it's, it's eye test for him. <clears throat> yeah, he's like just, just watching him this preseason. It's just yeah. like you can just tell he belongs. Like yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's, it sounds lame to quantify it in that way, but like there's just a lot of times when I watch football and it's just like you can just tell. Like, yeah, Tank is one of those dudes, man. Like he just gets it. He's going to be good for sure. Um, Deion Jackson is the next runner back. You know, he's nothing special, but uh, until the, the JT situation gets worked out, he's definitely worth stashing. I don't think he's going to. Be, be like the workhorse when JT's gone because Evan Hole, I think, is a better pass catcher, but he'll still probably have some value at least. And then Lenny, I mean, I guess he's worth keeping just to see if he signs with the team. And then if not, you just drop him. He's fine. Um, I'm starting to get worried that he may not sign with anyone, though. That would suck because I've taken a lot of him in basketball just thinking surely someone's going to sign him, but I, I still think he'll get signed at some point. I'm still thinking maybe like the Bengals or something like that, or maybe the Cowboys, but. Um, okay, so moving on to receivers. Um, no, no truly elite receivers. First receiver is DK Metcalf, which I do like him, but relying on him as your one is a little not ideal, but it could be done if Jason misses a lot of time, which I don't think he will, but if he does mix extended time, then that's pretty good. Um, the thing with Metcalf, though, I, I really do like him, but like the gap between him and Lockett. Is just so big. I would just rather wait and take Lockett or wait even later and take JSN. Um, like they just should not be that big of a gap, in my opinion. Um, I love Mike Williams. I know he always finds a way to get hurt and he's frustrated for season long because he's really move or bust. But like I talked about earlier, I'm high on the Chargers offense. Um, and apparently he's been getting more looks in the slots, which I think could be really nice for him. Get a little couple more easy targets each game. Um, yeah instead of just always having to be a perimeter guy that just runs a bunch of go routes, just give him some easy layup targets, you know? Um, George Pickens, next receiver, not a fan of him personally, but I see, I know into the seventh round, that's honestly not that bad. That's fine. I've seen him go a lot early in my home league. I know it doesn't matter, but in my home league, he went like 40th to he's, he was a Steelers homer, but like still, um, but 80, 83rd, that'd be 83rd. Yeah, so 83rd, that's not bad. He, high upside, he needs to run some more routes other than just a go route. But maybe he's capable of it. It's just maybe the coaches aren't using him. Um, and then Jerry Judy is the last receiver. Pretty thin receiver group, um, especially with Judy injury. He only has three receivers currently that are going to play for the first few, week, few weeks. But once Judy's back, that is a pretty good pick, a pretty good value. Actually, when was he taken? He was eighth round. Eighth round, okay, yeah. So eighth round, that's that's pretty good value, even if he misses a few weeks, I think. Um, yeah, so pretty solid group of receivers. And then David and Joku at tight end, just kind of in that range, you know, of Ingram and Friar Muth, like he's pretty solid, you know, good red zone threats, and just, you know, he'll get the job done. He won't he won't kill you, but he's probably not gonna, you know, be a top three tight end or anything. But yeah, overall I'd say there's some really high highs on this team and then some really low lows in terms of just the value and some of the picks. Um, this looks to me kind of like a 
maybe pushing for a playoff spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make the playoffs. So I don't know. Anything else for y'all? Yeah, I hate to start. Bijan, Najee, just I don't I don't like going RB RB start yeah. a draft. Um, especially Najee at 14. Um, like yeah, we talked about already. Yeah, just really, really just a high floor maybe is what you're hoping for with Harris, but he doesn't have the ceiling. Um, I'm okay taking safe picks early, but I think that's a little too – his floor is too low. His ceiling's not high enough for the 14th overall. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't hate the double running back start necessarily. If I'm – because in, there's so few true workhorses anymore – if you can corner two of them, like I think that's an advantage, but you got to get two of them, and Najee's not mm-hmm. one of them. Like we like right. we hit on, <clears throat> we were sitting on the board of Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. So, like, if you were going to double running back start and you took Bijan at eleven, I hundred percent would have taken Derrick Henry or Jacobs over Najee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really think the way the game is today, you need. You need an elite wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah. And you had some on the board. Remember, CD Lamb went at 24. So he and was Amon there Ra. to be taken at 14. Amon Ra was there. Adams, yeah. Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah. You probably could have gotten Najee where you got DK Metcalf if you wanted him. Yeah, I agree. I do like the Herbert Williams, Mike Williams stack there. Yeah. I'm with you. I I definitely want a piece of the Chargers offense. Listen, the only thing I know is that Lenny's taking his time because he wants to make sure he lands somewhere where where playoff Lenny gets to come out. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I'll go to a good team. One of those three. Like the, yeah, what do you think? Maybe the Vikings when they realize Alexander Madison is a career backup for a reason. I also a hundred percent believe in my heart that Fournette is intentionally just not doing training camp. <laughs> well, he was a never guy who he was never a guy who liked getting himself in shape anyway. So no, I mean, that's what I'm saying is I think he hundred percent was like, yo, I got an out on training. Take a camp. few extra weeks. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, I mean, best case scenario, he lands in what Miami when Mostert goes down in week two and Devon A chain can't hold up. He's 150 pounds. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere where someone's going to score a ton because his only, his only saving grace to me is going to be touchdowns. Yeah, that's. To, for me, the Cowboys just make is like a perfect fit because they don't have any quality backups that are like a big body like that. That to me, I mean, and I Lenny showed to do that, he showed he can he can ca- do some catching too. Yeah, yeah, I think teams like him on third downs in the passing game because he's a decent pass blocker. He's a decent mm-hmm. receiver. Um, he's somebody they can trust in those situations at least. And you know how coaches are; they like that, even if he's not the most explosive option to put out there in those situations. He's someone that they trust, and that's something that they value a lot, um, coaches in the NFL. I guess the last thing I'll say about this team is it feels like, Alex, you mentioned not liking the RB, RB start. 
I hate the, the way they finish too for your last five picks or RBs. Yeah. Like that's almost perfect if you go yeah. receiver, receiver, or if Kelsey yeah. was there. I mean, it, it just, it would have fit so much better if it would have been a wide receiver, wide receiver. I starter. love, I love true, yeah. finishing my drafts running back heavy in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it at the beginning at all, but definitely not the beginning and the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, if if Bijan and Najee hit, then that's great. And if Connor hits, that's great. But like all those other four running backs are like you're pretty much wasted picks if the other guys are all really good. So is yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't think there's a lot of upside with the other running backs that they took, which is what yeah. I want mm-hmm. with my late round running backs. Yeah, I'd say Bigsby has a good upside. We had Dion, Bigsby not does. Really. Yeah, you're right. Dylan, no, and then Lenny. I mean, probably not, but like. Even Deion Jackson, if he's starting the first couple of weeks, what's he really giving you? And they, yeah. and they like, points max. They apparently can't even wait for fucking Zach Moss to get back. God, so Zach it shows Moss. you what they think of Deion Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. And it's and it's half PPR. So wasn't Deion Jackson the guy who caught what ten passes in that game that he started last year? So you're not even getting the full reward of that either. Yeah, I, Who's up? Am I up? Yeah, I think this brings us back oh, over okay. to you, my friend. All right. So this brings us to a team that I absolutely cannot pronounce, will not try to pronounce. So I'm going to use my friend here. This is the bad boys of... I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? Does that come through the mic? Okay. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Um. The bad boys of that name. Um, they drafted second overall. Um, this is Renard. They call him the con man. We've talked about him a couple of times already. Um, but they call him the con man because he never accepts a trade if he's not 100% winning it. He's very scared of trades, and he never trades with league mates with similar NFL knowledge. But he loves scamming good players out of weak managers. So that guy that's taking naps, this guy's making trades with him. He's Mr. One and Done because he cannot win a match if the stakes are high. So he's basically, you know, Kirk Cousins of this league. But at quarterback, he's got Lamar Jackson. He's my QB5. Um, But I could absolutely see him finishing the season as the QB1. Um, He has the best weapons of his career offensive coordinator who's going to let him throw it and no that doesn't mean he's not going to run the ball as much as he has he's not going to run less it just means that he's going to hand it off less which is what i my interpretation of it because he's still going to be dropping back probably more than he's ever has which means he could actually scramble more than he's done in the past and that's where he's the most dangerous so i love lamar this year um easy top five quarterback and QB1 is well within the range of outcomes for him. And running back, Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley, but I'm not a fan of drafting him at the 102. Um, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were still on the board, and you went Saquon Barkley. Come on, man. Um, but like I said, I do like I do like Saquon this year. Um, RB over one, RB1 overall is well within his range of outcomes, 
but I just can't do it over those two wide receivers. Jameer Gibbs. I really haven't drafted a lot of Jameer Gibbs this year. Um, his third round, fourth round ADP has just been a little bit too much uh, for a guy who's going to seed most of the running, the rushing work and the goal line carries to David Montgomery. I mean, he's an exciting player and he's going to be fun to have on your team, but I think he's going to be, he's going to recur. He's going to return closer to like six round value, especially in this league where it's half PPR. Absolutely. Cannot take Jameer Gibbs that high. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. I like Pacheco a lot last year um, from week 10 through the Super Bowl. He averaged 12 fantasy points per game while scoring double digit points in 10 of 12 games. Um, he was the top 24 running back in six of the last eight. He's going to get the early down work. He's going to get the goal line work in an offense that scored 61 touchdowns last year. We saw how hot of a start Clyde Edwards-Alaire got off to last year because he was scoring so many touchdowns. Now Isaiah Pacheco is going to be in that role full-time for a full season. He's my RB21. I'm definitely above consensus on Pacheco. And then we get to another guy that I absolutely love. That's Roshan Johnson. I love Roshan. He's an excellent runner, but he's likely going to start the season as the Bears' third down back. But I do expect his role is going to grow from there. He could be the full-blown bell cow by the end of the season. I have an RB39. Samaje Pirine. I loved Pirine early in the summer, like I talked about you know, a few teams back. Um, but the miracle recovery by Javante Williams has really gotten me off of Samaje for the most part. Uh, I do still think he's going to have a role. He's going to give you some standalone value, especially early in the season. And he's a great running back to have in the case. I love Samaje. Um, but where, where he got drafted here, um, I, I think it's really solid considering what you're getting. And I know I, I also agree with Alex that the, the miracle recovery for Javante's definitely cooled me off a little bit too. And I love – and I love Samaje, but those those multiple ligaments are are a bitch to overcome. And we saw mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins just struggle a ton with it. But once again, we, it are all indications are are Javante's already doing better than that. So I mean, who's to say what's really going to go down? Um, but I think to have um, Samaje that deep into your bench of running backs is really solid. And piggybacking off of what Alex said with Roshan, I love, I love him as a player as well. Here's another guy that I ooh call me Chris Collinsworth. I just totally pulled his. Here, look, here's a guy. Um, here's another guy who I test warrior for me in the preseason. You could just tell that he's just so patient and natural and fluid as a runner navigating traffic. And then he even can make you miss. He can run through you. Uh, I think if Bijan wasn't a thing, Roshan would have been like a second round pick. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's tough when you have a talent like Bijan who just – consuming so many targets and so many touches rather not targets, mm-hmm. but um, 
Yeah, I mean, we and we talked about. It. I know Schultz, you mentioned you're high on Samaje too. It's like in those Sean Payne offenses, even when Kamara was the RB one or the RB four, when he was having his best years under Sean Payton, they had a backup who was producing as well, who was a viable option in the offense. So yeah, I think I think Piron can fit in perfectly there. And yeah, yeah. running back four, it's it's pretty solid. And I'll also say with Piron, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that the Javante injury is like as optimistic as some people are saying. Um, like I just listened to a podcast of established the run. They had Justina Anderson on and she's pretty much that's her whole career is specializing in football injury, stuff like that. And she says she thinks that, um, that it's a little, they're, they're just being a little optimistic, a little too optimistic based on all the historical data. And most historical data does say to, fade or at least lean away from players in that situation. And, you know, more times than not, you're going to be right. Uh, I'm not saying like the full phase of Ontario thing or that Piran's an amazing pick, but I, I think that at least the first few weeks that Piran's going to play more than people are expecting. Uh, like he might, I, I think also week one, he'll probably play more snaps than Javante. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but again, by later in the year though, that he probably won't be as good as Javante will probably be more valuable, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty good uh, running back group, though. It's the like Drew mentioned the champagne thing. It's just the mm, double yeah. the fact that I I have full He'll trust have a role. In, in him to utilize them both, mm-hmm. and then you you so you get standalone added on top of the fact if something does happen to the other. Yeah. So I, I'm fine drafting either of these guys at that point. The one thing I'll say about Gibbs, um, if it is kind of a detriment to take him that early, but if Gibbs gets off to a hot start because in like get some extra targets and some production because of Jameson being out and someone wants to buy it on a trade, I, I, I would look into that, even though we talked about trading's a little harder in redraft, but mm-hmm. um, that's, that's something I'd look into. And just because he has the options where he can afford to trade away something like that and still be really good at running back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if Roshan breaks out later in the year, you know. Right. But yeah, that's uh, that'll take us into the receivers. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, receivers: Garrett Wilson, phenomenal talent. Now he gets Aaron Rodgers a quarterback. Um, volume is going to be down, but the efficiency is going to be up. Um, I got him at wide receiver 11. Brandon Ayuk, my wide receiver 29, is a good receiver. Lots of target competition. Though he might be the most consistent producer week to week if he, Debo, and Kittle, um, between those three guys, he might be the most consistent. Um, Chris Godwin, I know we talked about him and Baker Mayfield earlier. I think he's going to be fine with Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. Uh, drafted a bunch of him in round five. He's my wide receiver, 17. Then we get to Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers. Versatile weapon, super explosive before and after the catch. I think he's going to get off to a fast start, and he's going to be productive right away from week one. His ADP just keeps rising and rising and rising, but I just keep drafting him anyway. Um, another guy who's on the rise is Sky Moore. I love Sky Moore coming out last year. He had a rough rookie season, and I, I doubted him there for a little while. 
Um, but when we think about it, coming out early from a small school like Western Michigan and being thrust into a high octane, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense, it, it kind of makes sense for a guy like that to struggle to get going as a rookie. Um, now he's had a full offseason. He's had a ton of positive reports out of training camp and preseason. Looking like he's locked into a starting spot. So I'm back on the bandwagon for Sky Moore. He's my wide receiver 39. And then at tight end, it's it's Tyler Higby. Um, could end up with a decent target share for, you know, a lack of other weapons in that offense outside of Cooper Cup. And then if, even without Cooper Cup, because I think they're going to be without Cooper Cup for multiple weeks to start the year. Um, we'd like that for Higby, but not a guy that I'm thrilled with having as my tight end one. Um, so I would probably look to see if we can upgrade that position. Um, but overall, this team, this team is all about upside. Lots of just dart throws, hoping that this guy hits his ceiling outcome um, across this roster. It's a little bit of a dangerous way to build, but man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun if they all hit. Um, but more often than not, these these fun teams end up crashing and burning pretty quickly. Um, do I have the right read on this team, or do you guys disagree with that? I, I agree for sure. Yeah, it's a really good team, but need need a couple of guys to hit a ceiling outcome that probably isn't that likely, but if they do hit, they're going to smash. Yeah. yeah. Um, I pretty much agree with you all over the board. I love Zay Flowers, and I love that you paired him with Lamar. Um, I just love that Zay is a guy who gets himself open. I think we're in a league where like that's that's a skill. Um, it's a knack that you cannot teach. I think, obviously, because you can't teach that quickness, that twitch, like you, that you. Those are just like that's genes. Um, and but I don't know. There's like a a layer to the game. You can tell some of these guys have as far as it the subtleties of just getting open and Zay can get open. And it, that's a skill that translate directly to the league. And so I'm a big fan there. Also, like I've taken the exact same path on sky more as you um, Alex to where I was like, I, this guy's a bust. He sucks, whatever. But yeah, I, the more I've sat on it for all the reasons you've said, um, but he also didn't, play wide receiver till he got to Western Michigan. Did you know that? He um was a quarterback and I think a defensive back in high school and then he went to Western and then they transitioned him his his freshman season. So he the dude's still practically learning to play receiver. And he's mm. 22. So yeah, I with the opportunities got um and the skill set, I yeah, it's silly to to, to, to give up on him yet. I definitely think some opportunity was missed at the start of this draft. I'm um, going Saquon one at two. Um, CD lamb was still on the board when you took Garrett Wilson at 23. I, I like Wilson at 23. Um, I don't like where he normally goes like top 13 ish, but 23, I like him there, but not when CD lamb still on the board. Um, and then, I think you guys were talking about Gibbs when I was coming back from my loss of internet again. Um, I don't like him there in the fourth round.
Yeah, I think it, that's kind of what we've gone back to a couple of times now. But if you, you know, if you, this roster looks completely different if instead of Saquon at two, you manage Justin Jefferson or Jamar right. Chase. Yeah. And then, like you said, if you swap, swap out Garrett Wilson for CD Lamb, then it's, it, it just seems like a home run. And he's yeah. so deep at running back, too. Um, we were talking about that when you were gone, Alex. But yeah, it's, I, like you said, it's going to be a fun roster. If everyone it is, it's going to be a roster, lot of fun. Definitely. Definitely a fun roster, but sometimes the fun rosters aren't the ones that win the league. And a lot of times they end up at the bottom. Um, but this one could go either way. Ayuk is a guy um, at draft position I'm kind of out on too, just because the nature of that offense is like you just don't, you, it's so unpredictable. Yep. Yeah, he's going to have his games where he's going to get 25 points, but uh, it's just, they spread it's, the ball too much for me to try and pay up that big for a guy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the guys on that on that team, you're not getting a spike week from McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all at the same time. So it's going to be hard to predict which one you should be starting and which which week. I mean, I, that makes that also makes it hard for Ayuk to hit his ceiling if he's having to compete with all those other guys. And when, Naeem, when he does have good weeks, it's not going to be to where he could be if he was in a different offense. And we're taking a guy in the fifth round who's fourth on the pecking order in targets. Not, in targets. I would say even in targets, like because McCaffrey is still going to command more attention in the passing game than I get this point, I think. So you're looking at like, as far as opportunities in the passing game, you're talking Debo, Kittle, CMC, Ayuk, and you're taking him in round five. It's it's high here. I don't know what his like his average ADP is, but I think his average is too high as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the Ayuk pick, though. If you look at his next pick, which was Chris Godwin, I would definitely take Godwin over Ayuk. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't even like Godwin that much, but I would still do that. Yeah. And uh, I think you definitely um, missed some opportunities at tight end as well. Even even like an Njoku went, what, round 10 or so? You mm-hmm. could have taken him instead of Higby in, in round 11. I would have been a lot more happier. I would have been a lot happier with that. Uh, I think the one positive I do like about Higby um in like the in the the batch of tight ends of where he falls is i think you're just going to see steady targets and steady opportunities for him which like it's not sexy but when you're getting that late sometimes that's you know like i feel like sometimes hitting a single at that point in the draft could is could end up being more like hitting a double if that makes any sense I get it, but I, I want to take a swing at tight end if I'm going to take him that late. Especially with the guys who are available on the waiver wire. I, I know we keep going back to that. That's true but, because instantly I am i don't think we talked about Dulcich. I believe um, Dulcich is on the waiver wire. Ferguson. Laporte is on the waiver wire. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say um, Schultz is probably the best waiver wire tight end. Schultz, from... Yeah, if you're looking for that high floor. Yeah, guy, exactly. Schultz yeah. is the guy you should have taken. That's very true. Yeah. Gerald Everett 
We want a I'd piece like of that Chargers really, offense. Yeah. Chigokonkwo, maybe. I don't know if you guys have taken him over Higby. I've got him kind of right at the same spot. I'm probably in Higby just because he's probably going to get more volume and just be, yeah. slightly better offense in general. What about Juwan Johnson? From a pure volume standpoint for me. You guys Juwan, like Juwan? Kind of in the same He's, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I that's think a guy he's a little just, overhyped, but he's still pretty solid. I think. Yeah, I kind of have one of those guys. <laughs> I just can't. I can't figure out exactly where I'm at with him. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely hype on him, though. He sounds like he's had a really good, really good camp. Anything um, else on this team? Yeah, I think that was it for you. So yeah, goes to our. Final team of the evening with Drew. Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, we have the Breeze Knee. The Breeze Knees? The Breeze Knees. Ooh, um, ooh this, is my, um, this is my favorite league personality or persona. I just need to preface <laughs> this. Yeah, so apparently Joe, um, he is said to be this league's Philip Rivers since he loves making babies. He's probably <laughs> the most horny man in all of Iceland and the only man who could beat the Miles Sanders curse. Uh, apparently, there's a curse in this league. Everyone that has um, had Miles Sanders in the league has been extremely unlucky, except for Horny Joe. <laughs> they say Joe does not follow ADP or analysts and always follows his guts on players and is well respected because of this. He's never to do trades, or he's never afraid to do trades. Um, and yeah, I think that he's a he's a league favorite as well. They say he's um, people like Horny Joe make the league's trademark trade market go boom. So, yeah, um, I, think. I love it because I relate to like I'm a big like I will go make a move for my guy and overpay or like draft way higher than consensus if I truly believe because fuck it because I believe <clears throat> so I love that but horny Joe is like a that's like a top five of all time nickname anybody yeah. can have, period. <laughs> like, add horny to the beginning of any name, and you're like, yeah, that's a good nickname. No, but his name's Joe. Like, find me a better name that matches just with horny better. You won't. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like, I don't know, the like the character in like a fucking sitcom. Oh, you know, that's just horny Joe. <laughs> I love this guy. So he had the last pick uh, in the first round. Um, we'll start at quarterback. He has Justin Fields. He got in the sixth round, the very start of the round six. I, I like Fields this year a lot. I think he's going to have a major second year um, in this new offense, especially adding DJ Moore is going to be huge for him. He has the rushing upside that, I mean, I guess only three other – or two other quarterbacks, him, Lamar, and Richardson would probably have which is just huge, um, especially I believe this is a four-point per passing touchdown league, I believe. So it makes it even better for him. Um, C.J. Stroud's the backup. Probably wouldn't have taken a backup if he already had fields, given the shallow um, roster depth. But, you know, I, it looks like from the lineup build, he has about at least one backup for each position. So, um, he took CJ Stroud. He's probably a guy you could drop. I'm not, I don't bank on him doing great in his first year in Houston. They have no real weapons and I'm not sure how good Houston's actually going to be. So he may be throwing a lot, but I'm not 
sold that CJ Stroud's going to be um, anything reliable for fantasy this season. Running back wise, not really a zero RB approach. He just went receiver, receiver to start the draft. So came around to the three, four turn, um, ended up taking Travis Etienne and then Aaron Jones. I like both those guys at that range um, and around three, early round four. I think those are both fringe RB ones. Um, and also another, it could be steal of this draft, Jonathan Taylor in round eight. Yeah. First pick of round eight. Um, I know he's missing the first four games. I think he'll probably end up being out of Indianapolis by the time he comes back to get him in round eight when I'm, I didn't look, but I'm assuming the other running backs are nowhere near his caliber when he comes back. I'm assuming when he comes back in week five that he'll be on a team where he will start and have like bell cow work. It could come in and make an impact pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I don't know what his ADP is now since he went on the, the pup list and is out for automatically four games, but I think in round eight, that's tough to beat even though it's and there's also an IR spot that he is eligible for for ESPN. So I think it's huge. He's not, he's not wasting a, a roster spot like another guy who I'll mention in a second, but um, so those yeah. are his running backs. He only has three running backs, which is, is a concern, especially when one is not playing for the first month of the season. Uh, started his draft with AJ Brown at the one, two turn and took Cooper, Cooper cup afterwards A.J. Brown for me is wide receiver eight. So guys like Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, St. Brown, who were there, you probably could have ended up with them over who I would much rather prefer. Uh, A.J. Brown's still very good. I just don't know. I think I would rather you pair him with someone else, um, especially with Cooper Cup's injury issues. I think the – First pick of the second round is a little too rich for him. Like yeah. Alex mentioned, I think he's going to be missing some time. And listen to a podcast today. It's you don't want to be drafting guys early who have injuries coming into the season. It's one thing if you have a history of being injured or injury tendencies, but to be coming in to where you know it's September third now and you have an injury diagnosis, it's not good. Not only is he injured, he injured his hamstring earlier in the summer re-aggravated it now he has to see a specialist for it i was gonna say it's a setback that's that's the worst part anytime anybody has a setback in there the team is willing to come out and even say those words it's bad yeah yeah i've moved him out of the all the way down the end of the third round he's my wide receiver 16 at this point i've got him at 35th overall and even then I don't know how comfortable I am taking him at that point. Definitely yeah. not taking him at what thirteen overall where he went here. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do that. There's too much, too much risk for. It's such a premium pick. It's such an important pick to your team. Yeah, and you're gonna you... risk it on that guy when there's C.D. Lamb still there, and a number of guys, Garrett Wilson, Saint Brown, Saint Amon. Yeah, yeah. If you, I think I if you can, if you start this instead of. Brown and Cup and go with St. Brown and Lamb, it's a completely different outlook. And then that makes yeah. the Jonathan oh, yeah. Taylor yeah. pick later on. Brown and Cup at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why why roll the dice on an injured Cooper Cup when you can take the next Cooper Cup? Exactly. I think there's real I think there's real concern for Cup because like what if let's say worst case just from his injury perspective, he misses like three or four weeks. But what if the Rams are like one and three or oh and four by then? And I'm not saying at that point they would definitely tank, but like Start to be a little pessimistic, and then you know Stafford—he's been injured a lot. So if he gets hurt at any point, then like Cup is amazing, but a backup quarterback is not going to give him the same the, the production that would make him worth a, that pick at least. And I know it's obviously speculating injuries, but like the bottom could fall out really quickly for Cup. Absolutely. But so now I don't really see a floor scenario like that for St. Brown or C.D. Lamb. Yeah. So you got the risk of Cup by himself, and then you also mm-hmm. add. The team risk, you add the Stafford risk on top of it. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Can't do it. Too many things, too many stars need to align there. Yeah, absolutely. And so for Flex, we have Christian Kirk. He was taken in the seventh round, the end of the seventh round. I mean, if I think if Lawrence is gonna pop off, I really we're talking about him having a big year. I think Ingram will be fine too at tight end. I think Kirk will be a decent flex option if Trevor Lawrence is going to succeed. Both guys are going to be top 24 wide receivers. Yeah, I think it's perfectly viable too if if Lawrence is going to have that big second year with Peterson. Um, The next receiver taken, this is to me maybe one of the worst picks in the draft just because he's out for six games, Jamison Williams. He was taken in the tenth round, first pick in round ten. I, in this league, I don't think he should be drafted. Period. If you he's because unlike Taylor, he yeah. is not eligible for that IR spot. Yeah. And maybe maybe you thought that going into it and realized, oh, he's not. I would drop him immediately. There's no way you can roster someone for almost half of the regular season just to the fantasy regular <clears> season, <throat> I should say, and hope that he comes back. Because I believe as a rookie, he only had like what one catch? Is one that right? One catch. We're going to yeah. hold a guy for half the season who has had one catch. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, just... And all and the red flags are going up in training camp and already, anyway. The benches are so thin here that you just can't. Yeah. You're going to end like up I... dropping. You're going to. You're gonna get to week four, week five. You're gonna to have to drop him. Got drop him. High weeks are gonna be starting. Injuries are gonna be piling up. It's just a waste of draft pick. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like I said, maybe he thought that you could stash him on IR. Even then, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him in this draft. I wouldn't take could. the gamble. Yeah, yeah, just not worth it for for my liking. Um, Isaiah Hodges is was Mister Irrelevant for this team. The last pick of the draft, thirteenth round. Um, fine, I don't trust him at all i mean and you're and with this lineup yeah. as it is you know how he drafted you're starting him in week one yeah another it's guy just, who's easily replaceable on the waiver wire in this league yeah yeah, yeah i mean so, sorry just real quick i mean you, actually i'll let you talk about the different position later i was going to talk about kk but i'll let you get to him and then maybe add on after yeah yeah and you have um the tight end position you have george kittle taking around five I think he's fine when he when he's healthy. He's a stud. The matter of fact, I mean, we just talked about the 49ers offense. There's a lot of mouths to feed. The question is, is he is he going to get fed that week? Um, McCaffrey's going to get his on the ground and through the air. 
but it feels like one of Kittle, Debo, or Ayuk will be out of luck in a given week. So he's fine, but I like Kincaid. Um, he was taken in the he was taking the end of the ninth round as a backup tight end. That's I wouldn't touch Kincaid there, but uh, I think if any, just going over past year's results with the rookies, um, first round tight ends as rookies, if if anyone in a rookie class is going to produce, it's going to be a first round pick. So they love Dalton Kincaid. Buffalo moved up to take him. They jumped Dallas. With that said, I think I would rather it be 2024 when I'm using a pick on Kincaid. I think I'd just rather rely on him in his second season rather than a rookie. To me, the going into not, rounds nine and 10 and walking out with Kincaid and Jameson instead of like, like depth is just, mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. this guy was probably thinking about boobs instead of drafting. <laughs> God damn it. Horny Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good point though. Cause you're art. So you're going to have Cooper Cup sitting on the bench early in the year. You're going to have Jonathan Taylor. Is he eligible for the – he's not eligible for the IR, is he? He is. He is. Okay. So at least you're not wasting a bench spot on him. But you were at least losing the early draft capital mm-hmm. for and the then, early part of the season. Yeah. Right. And then Stroud, whenever like – Stroud also just dropped him. Like I know we already talked about this, but like, there's never – the only time you would ever need to start him – is if Fields is hurt or on a bye. And if that's the case, then your team might be screwed anyway. So, like, then, there's no point keeping Stroud. Even then, all. you're picking up Kirk Cousins off the waiver yeah, wire. Exactly. There's better ones than the waiver wire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This guy's just lighting picks on fire. I'm telling you, he's just thinking about boobs. <laughs> yeah. And then, right, 49ers, was, yeah, 49ers that was our defense, last one, but, wasn't it? That was the last one. Okay, here we go. We're going to go around. Everybody is going to give me one team that is going to, they think is going to win. And then they're going to give me one team that is their, like, I guess, dark horse or like, you know, maybe middle of the pack or lower that you think could, could, um, could take it home. And I will go first. And, I think um where was it here? I forgot. <laughs> I am gonna go with my one of my teams, the Gainesville Grinders. Ah, you stole my team. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the top to bottom. I think I mentioned this when I when when I was talking was that like I, there was some moves you made that I would have gone a little differently, but I think from top to bottom, you did the best job of not one, just not making any like critical errors, which like sounds like a insult. Um, but a lot of times like you, you win your draft more by not fucking up than you, mm-hmm. than, than, then that that is more true than the inverse, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Um, So you did a fantastic job of just, like, keeping the steady course and playing the board pretty well. Um, So I think I'm going to go Gainesville Grinders. And then 
so yeah, um, we'll swing it back through after a minute. But Hunter, who do you think is going to win? Well, I don't want to just have everyone saying the same thing. Oh, I definitely think I have a different team that no one will say for this sleeper. But I think for this though, I also am going to go to Gainesville just because yeah, there's there's not any one true weakness. I think every other team has at least one area that they're kind of weak at. And I will say that like he's not. I don't think there's like clearing away the best team or anything, which which makes more a more fun league. There's like there are three or four teams I considered, but I would say it's probably the best. I mean, elite quarterback, some elite running backs, at least one elite receiver, a couple other pretty good ones, decent tight end. Like, there's not really any major holes, and I think like you said, like you don't have to be amazing in every position. You just have to be not. You have to not suck at every position. You know. Um, yeah, I'll go Gainesville Renders. My pick to win it all. Yeah, my pick would be Gaines, Gainesville as well. But I'm going to change it up a little bit here, and I'm going to take another team just to make it different. I want to say the Troutwood Twats have a chance. They got Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson. This is the only guy yeah. who had a brain when he drafted in the first round, <laughs> taking Justin Jefferson at 103. I mean, if, if Dobbins hits – and Javante Williams is healthy and he hits. You got a really, really good team of Allen, Jefferson, Chris Olave, Pat Fryermuth. I think we talked about the Steelers offense. He could be a top eight. Maybe he could get to the top six tight ends, potentially. Um, Marquise Brown can give you maybe some volume in that offense. But I think if you churn those receivers that we talked about when we were covering your team. You can hit on some guys on the waiver wire that could really, really make a difference. Um, you got Mostert in the meantime, who's going to get you through at least a few weeks as an RB2. Um, think this team could be a dark horse to get on a run in the second half of the season and uh, take it down. Well, that was going to be mine, so I'll give another team. Um, the they it's I believe it was the first team we started with, maybe the Ogata Osos. Um, they don't have a quarterback and they don't have a tight end, but we talked about the waiver wire. There's plenty of options out there. You can go out and get um, Kirk Cousins right now. Start him. He gets Tampa Bay Week One tight end. Dolan Schultz is out there. There's other options, but McCaffrey and Stevenson to start at running back is great and then add in Waddle as your number one receiver. I think guys like Deontay Johnson are due for a big, or at least a bounce back season. Um, Rashad White, pass catching running back. It'd be better if he was in PPR, but it sounds like it's him and Sean Tucker in the Tampa Bay backfield. Be interested to see if Christian Watson, he may be the the X factor for this for your team if you could win. Um, if he connects with Jordan Love right away and he could be a wide receiver one in Green Bay, I think you have a good option. Jahan Dotson's on your bench. Jalen Warren, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I mean, you you loaded up at receiver and running back, and then spent a random pick on defense, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you skip quarterback and tight end. But I love everything <laughs> else about the team. Um, just go out and grab a tight end and a quarterback, and I think you're going to be a contender right away. Yeah, that team, <clears throat> aside from the obvious detriment, is is loaded with talent. I mean, played the board so well. 
Um, you, you know, you know, a team is good when like, let's just take their, you know, you could look at CMC, Ramondre, Waddle, Watson, Deontay, and there's like a legitimate case for a different order of how those guys could have gotten drafted. And that's how, you know, this guy played the board well. Um, so, uh, I, I'm with you there. This is a team that could easily do it. Sleeper team for me is, um, I fuck man. It's the Trevor Lawrence team. And I just realized that I did that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Mm, I was going to be my dark horse team. <laughs> Still is. It's a good team. It is. We've got the, um, like we talked about, the reception monsters at running back. Um, there's a, you can make a legitimate debate for every bench player having some sort of decent role. Um, and I think that matters because when you look at a lot of the benches on this, in this league, we're, we're easily ditching players. So once again, I think overall quality of depth is good. Um, I think big year from Trevor, obviously, and you've got upside play at wide receiver past the first two dudes who are, I just feel super comfortable in Pollard running back one comfortable. I love McKinnon upside. Yeah. This, I think this team, I think this team could do it. Yeah, it's a good team. That was going to be my team as well. What do you got? Hunter? Um, you know, it's, there are a couple that I was thinking about. I, but I think I'm gonna go with the again. I, I cannot pronounce it, but the bad boys of oh, Reholt. Keep getting sniped on teams here. What the hell? Um, I can pick someone else if you want them. No, I, no, I no, 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, elite quarterback check. A couple of well, really solid running back room. I mean, taking Saquon that early is just gross because it could have had some other just better running backs, but still in his own right, you know, he's still a really good running back. Um, Wilson is a great receiver. And then just a pretty solid bench other than like Zach Moss and everything. If he could make a trade for like trade, like one of those pretty good running backs plus Higby to maybe get upgraded tight end, like obviously not someone like Kelsey, but like even someone's like, like in the, the Ingram, the Pitts range, something like that, I think would be a really, uh, noticeable and uh, what's the word? I can't think of a word, but a good upgrade. Can't think of it right now. Um, I think that would put him in that upper tier because yeah, he checks the boxes of most of the other positions. So I'm going to say that's my sleeper. Got to get a better tight end though. Greg Dulcich. Yeah, or even pick him off the waiver wire. Who knows? Yeah. Dalton Schultz. All right. Yeah. My third attempt at a dark horse team <laughs> I know we just spent a half hour shitting on the breeze knees, <laughs> but you could write a story where this team ends up being really good. You got Justin right. Fields at quarterback, Travis Etienne at running back. If he ends up getting more targets than he did last year, mm-hmm. he could be an RB1 easily. I mean, this is a guy who caught 100 passes in college, so we know he has hey, it in there. Ch- check out the world where. 
you know, the Jags are way better and they're going to be running away or running games out to close them. Yeah. He's, he doesn't even need a ton of goal line carries to get touchdowns because he's so explosive. This guy could score touchdowns from 25 yards out. Um, Aaron Jones, maybe the Packers lean on him with Jordan Love at quarterback. If Cooper Cup ends up coming back from his specialist and he got the go-ahead, he's okay. We know what he can do. George Kittle can have spike weeks for you. A.J. Brown is a top 10 wide receiver. Christian Kirk, I think, is probably one of the better flex plays in this league. He's got big spike week upside with some floor in that good offense. Um, 49ers defense even solid. I think you got some issues on the bench, but with the way the waiver wire is on this team, that's easy to solve. Hit some high upside. Just go get some high upside handcuff running backs. Go get Chuba Hubbard. Pick him up. Just do it. Um, and then you got Jonathan Taylor. If he's a dolphin in week five, hello, we got top five running back potentially in that offense. You can write hey, a story for this team. Horny Joe's ready to blow his load, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) He waited all episode. (laughs) I'll take take Legion of Doom. I know we weren't as high on Chubb going forth or Jacobs uh, in round two. Mm -hmm. I think they could still be solid running backs. I think you could still have two top ten running backs there. You have the advantage in Mark Andrews at tight end. If he's not Travis Kelsey, he won't be Travis Kelsey, but he's still going to give you a competitive advantage there. And you're deeper receiver. I mean, yeah, DJ Moore and London will have to hit with their quarterbacks, but Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks are a couple who were just always slept on. They'll put up numbers. Jordan Addison's my favorite rookie receiver for this year. Um, he's going into an offense that was, what, third in pass attempts last year, and now you're replacing Adam Thielen. And it's going to go up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, Dak is consistent. Um, he, he'll be a top 10 quarterback. I think you need to go out and grab a guy like Anthony Richardson or, I mean, even Kirk Cousins. I don't know if Cousins has that upside, though. I do. Um, at this point, Kirk Cousins is rostered by seven teams in this league. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have, like, spread around, like, the five quarterbacks to about 10 teams, so. I'm just saying, I would still take Deshaun Watson over Cousins or any yeah. of those teams that need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Play the upside game with this league. Yeah. Just play the upside game with quarterback. But Cousins still fine, though, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, no, I think I think Legion of Doom, I think they – I mean, London, DJ Moore, <clears throat> they have to hit. I think if they're even a high upside wide receiver, too, if that's their ceiling for this year, then I, I think this team's going to be pretty solid. I'm really disappointed you didn't try to pronounce the beginning part of the Legion of Doom. No, no chance. There, I, I, yeah, not a chance. I think Hunter nailed it. I looked out. I think all of my names were very. I think I had the easiest set of names to pronounce. Yeah. So, I think, I think my favorite part here is that if we could legitimately, like Alex, you wrote a story instantly about how that team could win it all. And I think we could do that for nine to ten teams here. Yeah, because and that's, I, that makes yeah. for exciting fantasy football. For sure. I think every single one of these people made mistakes in their draft that can be exploited by the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So they're all on the same level for the most part, even though some like to believe they're not, but they are. Hey, they they just better be glad Maud Dave wasn't here. <laughs> we can't have an episode without Maud Dave. No, that's so why I did it. bringing him up. Yeah. <laughs> These guys don't know we're talking about. No, it's no, fine. Neither, neither do the people listening, so it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's... Do Do we get a recap with these guys? I don't remember. Yes, this is a twofer. Sweet. I can't it's wait. Like that's going to be a blast. Um, we'll make yeah. sure you get the same crew because that way everybody gets to see the results. Um, <laughs> Love it. I mean, thanks for thanks for joining in with us, guys. Like, we're... We've done a handful of these now. We always have fun. I know we take three hours to do it, but... <laughs> We said we were going to keep it under two hours. We always say it'll be shorter. We said we'd go two hours. It's fine. At least Um, it's about an hour shorter than the last one. So we're making progress. Yeah. At least it's Uh, also meaningful meaningful content. We're not just, you know, stalling with saying the same stuff over and over. That's right. At least I think so. Yeah. It's like we just get into it and start talking and it's fun. It's it's, we always have a blast. Um, We are very appreciative that you guys picked us to do this because I know there are some other uh, avenues to get that done. And the fact that, like I mentioned earlier, that we are doing a league for people in Iceland is badass on its own. But then to find out like what this league is <clears throat> and everything. The most like, respected league in Iceland. Right. That's a title right there. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We're going to dominate Iceland market for personalized podcasts. Hell yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> I'm in. That's it. I got nothing else. All right. Does anyone want to plug anything? No. All right. There it is. Uh, join the if you played. Well, actually, I don't know if DraftKings legal in Iceland. It's probably not. Is it? Probably not. No. <laughs> well, try. If you it know, is, plane and come to Ohio. We know one of you is from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. If it is, joins the yards per join the yards per DraftKings League for week one. Yeah. Five dollar buy-in. Absolutely. Um I'm sure Horny Joe wants to plug something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's probably doing it right now while he's listening. <laughs> Adios.